And we are back. Welcome, everybody, to season three of Think Different Theory. I am so excited. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. We have so much planned this season. In fact, we have so much planned today. We have an interview that I'm about to cut over to here in a minute uh, after I do this introduction. We're going to talk about everything from abortion to America to social issues to killing click funnels, entrepreneurship, business, and money. We literally cover it all with this guy. Uh, it's going to be an absolutely fantastic interview. But before I get into that, guys, welcome back to season three of Think Different Theory. I am so excited. Uh, we've been on for almost two months. We've been off. Uh, there's a whole backstory on that. But... Um, I'm so excited. All right, first things first. Listen, depending upon where you're listening to this, if you're on YouTube, make sure to hit that subscribe button, hit the like button, hit the love button, or the, the, or the thumbs up, the like button, turn on those notifications. Guys, we gotta spread the message of topics that matter to the world. So make sure to subscribe. The, the more likes, the more comments we get on Facebook and on YouTube, the more people are gonna see this. And if you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, or any other audio places, make sure to subscribe, leave a rating and review. If you've ever found value in this content or if later on you find value and you haven't yet, make sure to go uh, and do that. It just helps us get the message out there and it's free. I'm not gonna sell you anything here. We're not here to sell you anything. I don't have a sponsor. I'm not trying to sell you anything. The only thing I do ask for is uh, for the comment down below. Let me know where you're tuning in from. Like literally comment the city, the state, uh, what you're most looking forward to to season three. And we're gonna dive right into it here. I read all your guys' comments. Seriously, I read them on YouTube. I read them on Facebook. I go back and look at every single review on iTunes, Spotify. Well, on, on iTunes, I don't know about Spotify. I don't have it, but I appreciate you guys. Okay, guys, season three is big. Here's the deal. All right, really quick, we gotta go through some house stuff and then we're gonna dive right in. Podcast schedule has been updated. Guys, my life has changed a lot. We got the election coming up. I thought, I, I honestly, guys, I honestly thought about holding up uh, a Trump flag, getting like a Trump hoodie, holding up a Trump flag behind me to kick this one off. It would have been freaking hilarious. Um, but we didn't go there. Believe me, we're going to go there eventually. Um, but uh, for now, for now, we're going to hold off on that. But my, my life has changed. We have a busy schedule. Um, we're moving interviews uh, or moving over to long form interviews. So the schedule moving forward is we're going to have uh, episodes Mondays and Thursdays. So this week we'll have Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We are going to do three episodes this week just because it's kickoff week. But then we're going to move to starting next week, Monday and Thursdays. Mondays and Thursdays, we will drop the uh, an interview twice a week, Mondays and Thursdays. Uh, typically they're going to be like, longer form, like one to two hour or more long interviews. We have interviews um, scheduled with, let's see, Ryan Moran, Russell Brunson, uh, J.R. Revis, Liz uh, Germain, uh, Cody Jefferson. We have some amazing, amazing people lined up. Um, we've reached out to people like Andrew Yang and his campaign, Tulsi Gabbard and her campaign. Um, we've reached out to uh, both Republicans and Democrats uh, on both sides of the aisle uh, to try to get them on senators, congressmen, even local people, uh, entrepreneurs across the board. We are focused on season three uh, as the season that where we talk about topics that matter. That is where we're taking this, all right? Now, I wanna give you a little bit of a backstory with this, guys, because season three is fundamentally different than any of the other seasons on there. Some of you guys may be listening to this for the very first time. Maybe this is your first episode, and if you are, welcome. Like I said, comment below, leave a review. Let me know where you're tuning in from. I'd love to, to, to hear this. Um, guys, here's the deal, all right? I started this podcast, and I'm just going to give you a quick backstory before we get into the interview, and then I promise uh, we're going to cut right over to that. But uh, I started this podcast in uh, 2018. Uh, I'm sorry, in 2019, the beginning of 2019, um, January, and we kicked this off. And the purpose of this podcast was for basically me to document my journey to success in life. That is how I kicked it off. It was me thinking different. We are the free thinkers. 
where my free thinkers at. Anyway, um, we started, I started by documenting my journey. I had gone through uh, uh, the, high, uh, the highest point in my life and then the lowest point in my life up until that point um, and really started like shifting my mindset around things. And I thought if I can ask life's biggest questions, if I can ask better questions, if I can get better answers, I'm gonna be able to be successful. This is my journey of that. And very quickly, uh, that took off. People started listening to it, but two months in, two months into the podcast in season one, I get a phone call and uh, I'm just gonna kind of get through this here quickly, but I get a phone call, it was a Sunday night. I was uh, getting ready to go out to dinner with my now fiance, girlfriend at the time. And it was my mom and I have a great relationship with my mom. So I picked it up thinking, I'm just gonna tell her, hey, we're going out to dinner and I'll call you back later. And uh, I picked up and there was this blood curdling scream on the other end of the phone with my mom screaming and yelling, he's dead, he's dead. Kyle is dead, your brother is dead. His helicopter crashed, Kyle's dead. And uh, I, I fell to the floor, I dropped the phone. I, from that moment on, my life changed. My identity broke. My brother had tragically died. He was over in Kenya visiting um, some people over there and the helicopter that he was on crashed, killing everybody on board. He left behind a five-year-old son, a wife, uh, who was pregnant at the time as well. And that changed my life. And so I didn't give up on the podcast. So I actually documented my entire journey uh, of that year on the podcast. We went through and uh, I ended up selling my business. Uh, I ended up traveling the world to find perspective. I studied God and religion. I studied different philosophies. I traveled all over with, with Leah, my, my now fiance. And uh, we ended up um, getting some really, really good perspective. And I, I documented my journey that entire time. And then last year, uh, in 2020, or this, or, or beginning of this year, when season two kicked off, I was like, all right, if, if season one of the podcast was defined, or, or the year of 2019 was defined as searching, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change that. Now we're going to go and we're actually going to go and take action. And so uh, we started off the podcast, once again, interviewing people along the way, Just kicked off season two, had some amazing, amazing interviews, and then coronavirus hit, pandemic. Uh, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a business owner. I, I've grown and managed over 6 million followers on social media. I've made millions of dollars for myself and clients. Um, and so we kind of shifted season two for about, about a half, probably half of season two is episodes that support business owners and support entrepreneurs that were trying to get through the pandemic. Uh, we really shifted our focus there, how to make money, how to build businesses, how to do systems, the mindset, uh, everything like that. And 2020, guys, has been the best year of my life. It has been defined by, if 2019 was defined by searching because my brother died and my whole identity shifted and I had to figure out who I was, 2020, I found myself. 2020, I became certain of who I was. I hired a coach. And 2020 has been defined by the word growth. It has been the best year of my life, even through the midst of the pandemic. My business has grown rapidly. We've signed clients, we've scaled the podcast, and we are here to bring the message of thinking different to the world. And then uh, in, I think it was July or what, July or August of, uh, end of July, I believe, end of July, early August of this year, uh, I was doing some research. Uh, I was getting a little bit more into politics and the political things. And I started going down the rabbit hole of sex trafficking and, and human trafficking and went down a very, very, very dark hole, a very, very evil place of the internet. And uh, many of you probably found me through this video. I, I went live one night and I lost it. I, I broke. I became incredibly emotional. I cried. I, I was like, what is going on? There's evil in the world. There are, there are children being raped and being trafficked. We need to do something about this. And uh, of course, that video went viral. It helped raise tens of thousands of dollars for Operation Underground Railroad. It got over a million views on that video. And that really set the precedence uh, uh, moving forward of me getting into more of these social issues and, and uh, being more vocal about standing up for what we believe in. And, and I believe that one of the most important social issues, if not the most important social issue in the entire world is to stand up for human injustice, particularly human trafficking, uh, and very specifically child sex trafficking. And, and I've been very, very vocal about that as well as my political views. And, and here we are. 
And so the purpose of season three now going into this is, guys, I feel like up until this point for season one and season two, I I did searching and I asked life's biggest questions and I I found myself, I I, I was lost and, and then I found myself. And then from there uh, in season two, I, I shared my views. I shared how I was able to build a successful business. I shared how I was able to be successful, how I changed my mindset, what my coach taught me and all these different things. And now that I've done it for myself, now I wanna bring this message of thinking different and how to be a free thinker to the world. And so the purpose of Think, uh, Think Different Theory season three is to actually go interview super smart people talk about controversial topics, things like religion and God and politics and, and social issues and mindset and money and, and emotional health and emotional intelligence and, and, and health in general and medicine and start to create a curriculum. My goal is to reform education. I don't wanna, t- I don't wanna and we're, we're gonna get more into this on the podcast, but I don't wanna take on education by taking on education. I actually literally want to come up with a better solution and I wanna literally provide people with a better way to think. And this is a, a 40 year goal of mine, 40, 50, a lifetime goal of mine. And I believe that begins by starting to document how we think and how we act and, and, and a good way to live life, kind of like a, a life manual, if you will, on how to think different and be successful. And so the purpose of season three is not to get the most amount of views. It's not to get the most amount of downloads. It's not to make the most amount of money, although we do want to do those things. That is not the driving factor. If that was the driving factor, I would have done a much bigger promotion. We would have spent much more money with this. We would have tried to sell you something. But no, the purpose of season three is to really bring topics that matter out to the world and to learn from people that are experts and then go create a manual, go create curriculum around different topics. And uh, this is documented to lay down on our website, some of the different uh, topics that are out there. You can go to thinkdifferenttheory.com to see that. And so that's, that's what the season three is all about is, is this, this future of guys, I believe that we as free thinkers, free thinkers are going to be the people that change the world. All right. I believe that not every entrepreneur changes the world, changes the world. I believe that not every business owner, not every salesperson changes the world, but I believe that a free thinker tied with the skills of entrepreneurs, tied with the skills of being a producer, those are the ones that are going to go out and change the world for the better, creating sustainable solutions, reforming education. I believe one of the the single biggest problems in the world today outside of a lack of God uh, is a, a terrible education system. I believe the education system has failed and I'm on a mission. I'm on a journey to bring this idea of topics that matter to the world, document what I find, and then share that in written curriculum format, and then to go in and start uh, revolutionizing schools and uh, revolutionizing the education system, not by attacking them head on, but by literally creating an entirely new system and sucking the life out of the, uh, the terrible system that we have and bringing life into a new, better way of doing things. I can't do this alone. It's not just about me. It's about us. It's about the movement of free thinkers. It's about the movement of free thinkers that are going to go out and change the world for the better and unlock the best version of ourselves. And even if we think differently, which we will, even if we think differently than each other, which we will, we can still come together and collectively agree that when we become the best version of ourselves, that is what's ultimately gonna change the world for the better. I don't have all the answers. You don't have all the answers. No one does. But collectively together, we can find the best answers and move the world forward. And that is what Think Different Theory is all about. Um, If you're excited, comment down below, smash the like button, smash the love button, leave a comment, hit the share button. Uh, And like I said, if you're not subscribed yet, YouTube, Facebook, and iTunes, Spotify, wherever your favorite audio platform is, make sure to go and do that. Guys, I think we are ready to bring on our first guest. Uh, The first couple episodes, guys, we did pre-record just so that we could kick off. It was kind of hard to coordinate these things. So um, this one was a pre-recorded interview, but uh, it's going to be absolutely fantastic. It's a two-hour interview with Jordan Mederich. um, And uh, we're going to kick this off here. I'm going to let him introduce himself. But guys, I'm so stoked. It's finally here. Guys, the last thing I want to say here is this. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm an internet marketer. Uh, I'm I'm a marketer that happens to, to market online. 
but I'm not here to, to make money off of you guys. Like, yes, I want to make money, but I, I run a successful business. I have clients. We like, I make money and will we probably have sponsorships or will we probably maybe sell t-shirts or maybe different info products eventually down the road? Yes, because I, we are a business for profit. But at the end of the day, like I'm here to help you think differently. Money and profit in and of itself is not my motive. Money is the determining factor on whether something I can put something out. Yes, it has to be profitable. Yes, I have to go out there and make profit and, and I deserve to make profit as any producer should. You should not be ashamed to make money. But I want you to understand that I'm not just putting out this show to get views. I'm not just putting out this show to make money. There are far, 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 far easier ways to go out and make money than starting a show. I'm here because I want to change the world. I'm here because this is what I believe in. This is my identity. This is who I am. I believe that I am put on this earth to help people think different, to help people shift their mindset, to help people become and unlock the best version of themselves so they go out there, they do the thing that makes them feel the most alive and go out and change the world for the better. So know that my... My intention here, yes, we wanna get views. Yes, we wanna do downloads, but that's not the underlying intention. The underlying intention is to bring real content, to bring truth to the world, to provide facts to the world, to teach people how to think, not what to think, but how to think, and uh, provide resources around that. All right, that's all I've got. Without further ado, let's cut over to our interview and uh, check out this super sweet new intro. It's a uh, very Joe Rogan-esque style. It's only about five or six seconds long. Uh, I think you're gonna absolutely love it. All right, guys. I love you all, and uh, let's cut to the interview. Let's roll. Season three begins right now. Oh, control your mind, control your life. Think different theory, baby. That's what we do. And we're live with the man who, whose ads I cannot escape. Dude. I can't escape my own, dude. It's horrible. Dude, they're everywhere. <laughs> I click on them. I clicked on one ad one time. This is, I don't know, six months ago probably, and it has not left me alone. I probably see your ads five times a day. Good old retargeting. It's great. It's great. How you been, dude? Yeah, yeah. Really great to connect, Josh. I've uh, I've seen seen your show, and uh, I know that uh, you know have have. I think more people need to express their opinions and their voice more vocally uh, than they do. And I think you're a good example of sharing. Well, I appreciate how you that. Feel that. Yeah. I always make the joke. I'm like, people have no idea what I think, and I'm kind of you know lack self confidence, and everybody laughs because <laughs> it's about polar opposite. There, I yeah. think so too. I. I think in a world of cancel culture, this, um, I think people are like afraid to express their views because they're afraid that they're going to get yelled at. But I don't know. I just feel like people don't know what they believe enough. You know what I mean? I think there is a severe lack of confidence and yeah. a mix of lack of confidence and a lack of the ability to voice those opinions without being just so pointlessly polarizing or, right. or being mis mistaken, being, uh, you know, having the intent completely misunderstood, yeah. which happens all the time. I saw a post yesterday, a guy who's a fitness guy. He said, uh, he actually said, any woman who's over th 30, and I'm going to butcher the post or whatever. Right. He said, any woman over 30 who, uh, who's, who's able to stay in shape and balance working kids and all that needs to be like applauded or complimented or something. And it's like, it was a total normal post. It was like, right. hey, great for you guys. Like, I know right. it's hard. I'm recognizing your pain. And then it was this huge, like just onslaught of, one person saying, I'm a woman over 30 and this is so offensive to me and I can't believe that you would dare say this. And other people were like, I love this. Like, thanks. I appreciate compliments yeah. and stuff. So you can't, you, can't you can't say anything really that isn't defined in fact and objectivity. Anything subjective is obviously subject to putting a target on your chest. And, and we find that out on social media all too, all too often. But well, I, I mean, even at, this, even at this point, it doesn't even matter if it's facts. 
I mean, no. at this point, you're just wrong, right? Yeah. Like, if I disagree with you, you are wrong, you know? And I think it's, we've gotten to the point along, you know, with that post, it's like people assume that if we applaud somebody else or congratulate somebody else for winning, we're automatically trying to victimize them if they're not there. It's like we've gotten to a point where we've, we've victimized, or I should say demonized winning and success and any form of hard work, like if I worked my butt off to get somewhere that somehow that prevented you from doing the same. Dude, it's like, I was, I was literally thinking of that this morning and putting a post out, but even that, that can be polarizing, right? It's like, you should never be ashamed of your wins and yeah. your own progress and how hard you push. Man, it's, it's incredible. I had a, I put out a, a, a post recently that someone had, had made us an offer for, for one of our companies. And it was like, it was super flattering to me. And I was just sharing how excited I was. Like, yeah. hey, when, whenever someone makes you an offer like that, they're seeing the good that you're doing or whatever. Yeah. And I've had people like message me directly, like, how dare you talk about yourself like that or whatever, or like, you shouldn't, like, you, you should never put that type of thing out there in the world. People are really going to judge you. And I'm like, you, you are completely missing the point. And I find, here's the thing, Josh, that I find the people who will criticize, chastise, and vocalize opinions on the contrary to, anything you're saying that's, that's sharing. Cause I think there's a huge difference between showing pride and being prideful. Huge. For sure. For sure. Uh, those people, the people who are doing nothing often have so much to say about people who are doing anything. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I that's find. super, I, I think that's super true. There's the, the post, I don't know who originally said it, you know, everybody claims credit for these posts, uh, you know, of, of, there's some inspirational quote that goes around. I always just say it's Jay Shetty, you know, Jay Shetty. He probably said it, right? Um, <laughs> he says uh, everything, right? He says everything. Um, but it said, uh, you'll never be criticized by someone that's doing more than you, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't know that's always 100% true, but the concept I think is, right? Like, I've never been, you know, the people that I look up to, the people that I'm hanging out with that are far more successful than I am, right? I've never been criticized by them right? I've never been told by my mentors, my coach, people that may even vehemently disagree with some of the things that I do or say that are like, you suck, right? Or how dare you? And it's like the people that are the loudest, well, what's the saying? I, I worked on a farm and uh, that's how I grew up. I grew up on a farm and it was the, the, squeaky, the squeaky joint gets the grease, right? So, you know, the ones that yell the loudest, they're the ones that are going to get the attention and whatnot. And it's, it's mm -hmm. so frustrating because as someone that produces a ton of content and that has been in the content game for four years, it's, it's so difficult not to play into that at times because it's, it's all around, it's all the time. And it's so easy to, right? It's so easy to cause division. And it was funny, the other day I, I posted, and, and you know this, if you followed me for any length of time, I'm, I'm pretty vocal about politics, especially for Trump, right? And I'm like, hey, yeah, Trump, Trump's a jerk. Trump's, you know, he sucks in a lot of ways, but like, you know, he's, I'm voting for him. He's like, what all he's done, right? Like, we're not electing a perfect dude. And I posted this thing, which was basically like, dear liberals and Donald Trump haters. And it was this expression of uh, what, what the right, generally speaking, is feeling towards the left and why we could possibly vote for someone like Donald Trump. And so many people were like, how dare you, right? You said you, standed, you stood for unity. You said you stood for us coming together. And all you're doing here is causing division. And I'm like, and two days ago, I interviewed a guy that openly supports the Black Lives Matter organization and wants to defund the police. What are you talking about, right? Like I'm communicating something, right? I'm making a post. I, I'm, not, I'm not 
taking a stand to be like, yes, everybody sucks or everybody's this way, but people get so, they want to see and they want to hear what they want to hear and see, and they will find it in your post, whether that or content or whatever it is, regardless of the fact. It's confirmation bias. You buy a white truck, you see white trucks everywhere. And so you're going to look for content. Dude, that's why, uh, so that, that movie, The Social Dilemma came out, right? And I, I think haven't watched it yet. I'm going so, to. Well, as an advertiser, you're going to be like, okay, this is not that shocking. It's the people who don't know what retargeting <laughs> is and what pixels are and how yeah. advertising works and how the world works, right? That you are the product. They're all like, I can't believe this is how Facebook works. Well, duh. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, it's, so why it's, Jordan, it's why Jordan won't leave me alone on his ads, guys. I know. <laughs> don't click my links, man. I'll find you. <laughs> oh, but please don't hide them. That hurts us too. Okay. So well, and that's why I haven't. I, I don't. Yeah. And now I'm like, I don't click them and I don't hide them. Yeah. I just let them go because I feel like that'll cause you the least amount of damage. Yeah. So. No, and I, I appreciate that. And I, I think there's a mutual respect amongst marketers not to hide yeah. each other's ads. I think if there's any show notes, like let's put, let's just put that into the show notes. If you're a marketer and you have respect for other marketers, don't hide their ads. Don't report their ads. Don't right. like, cause harm to other marketers. And it's exactly what you just said. And I, I mentioned that uh, uh, recently that the people who have something to say about you are, they're not the person that they want to be yet. Yeah. But the people mm. who will say something who won't tear you down and raise people up. They're the ones that are more than they ever thought they could be. Yeah. They're more than they could ever imagine. And I think that there is, there's a fine line of course with everything that I think there's some competition that can, you can play against competition. It's Pepsi and Coke, right? I'm the founder of drop funnels. It's myself versus click funnels, Kartra, Kajabi. It's like all those. And so right. we poke fun at all of them, right? Right. It's right. kind of our, kind of our thing. And by the point that they start poking fun at us will be like, yes, we got their attention. Right, you know, right. <laughs> we're on the radar. Like that's a huge, that's a huge point of pride is when, yeah. you know, when that happens. But yeah, man, I think, uh, yeah, but I appreciate that. But on the social dilemma, uh, yeah, yeah. back to the initial point was the thing, the, the, the issue with confirmation bias is even when you type into Google, uh, climate change is, or whatever, or I saw that. Trump, uh, Trump is, or, you know, Obama is, or whatever, you'll get different responses based on what you want to see and what you'll find. It's why there's literally flat earthers. Do I have a friend who's a flat earther? And I was blown away. I couldn't even, I, I couldn't even, I can't even understand it. Now, yeah. as, as someone who, as, as you are, it's, it's fun to kind of play into that world and say like, how can I try to understand their perspective? Yeah. How can I pretend to be a flat earther? even to the point where you can make a logical case that the earth is flat using rational and reason that could you actually convince someone as not a flat earther that right. you understand their viewpoint right. so well, you could convince someone else. And it. that's how, you know, and that's how, you know, you have a good enough understanding of something to like, if I can convince somebody of something that I, I don't even believe, but I understand the viewpoint well enough to do it. That's when you know, well, let's just say that's when you know you're a marketer. <laughs> yeah, you're a but like, right? right. But, but yeah. it's, it's so interesting because um, one of the things that I thought about doing, so, you know, we're going into the more, well, when we relaunch the podcast, it's, it's you know, topics that matter, right? And um, that's kind of our, our tagline. But it's, it's more of this political, social mindset all around, like just topics that matter, right? And so I thought one of the things that is so difficult to find right now is uh, just facts. Just like, here's what it is, right? And so we thought about creating a, a site where we would have different topics on there and then I would create two videos for each topic. And then one, I would debate the Republican side and the other, I would debate the Democrat side. I love and it. 
then you could literally see the same person try to convince you either way simply by using because because i'm i mean like i'm pretty vocal everybody knows where i stand right but i'm also very well educated enough and very persuasive to where if i wanted to convince somebody of the other side of things i could study it enough and i think that that would bring out a wildly new perspective for a lot of people because i have literally as you said gone on to a topic where i'm like clearly clearly i don't support this but by the time we're done with the conversation i'm going to get you to believe that that's the right way to go right and i think it's so interesting it's so fascinating I think it's very rare for anyone to understand both perspectives well enough to to teach it. And I, honestly, it's like almost those are the only opinions that matter. Yeah. An opinion who's one sided. It's like okay, I I, even if I, <laughs> I know. Even if I know, I, I think I think about a lot of like. There's a lot of like very vocal. We're in the. Uh oh, I lost you. Can you hear me? Oh, now we're back. Okay, yep. we're in the okay. middle of go. Okay, so um, we're in the middle of the most, probably one of the most polarized uh, political landscapes, right? The most, uh, uh, hands yeah. down. And so there's the, the voices are further, and the social dilemma even talks about that based on like graphs, like how far apart people are. Um, and so it's like, neither, in my opinion, here we go, I don't think either opinion on either side is valid if they can't actually if they can't eloquently enough describe the other person's viewpoint enough to make a logical decision on it. Right. right? It's like, so here's an example. Um, when people, um, they're out there like picketing and waving flags and stuff and at the rallies and all that kind of stuff. And if I think someone on YouTube, they're doing this show and they said, Hey, could you ever, could you explain to me the counter argument? Could you explain what they think? Yeah. But they're, they're like, I could never even wrap my mind around. I'm like, well, then your voice doesn't matter. Right, your, right. Then no, your voice matters, but your opinion doesn't matter. It's right, not valid. Right. You, you, it's almost like people who would say like, uh, we're only going to, in schools, only teach evolution, only teach us one thing and not have any. It's like, dude, if you're going to teach evolution, teach all viewpoints. If you're going right. to teach creation, teach all viewpoints, right? Well, and, and I think that's the interesting thing. It's like people don't want like people don't want to educate about the other side. It's they don't, confirmation bias. Right. Like, they, they don't even want to acknowledge it though. It's insanity. Right. And that's one of the things that I, like I said, I try to do with, like I am vehemently, vehemently opposed to the Black Lives Matter organization, not the movement. Right. Like I believe Black Lives Matter. Right. But the organization, I think is a terrible organization. I have read what they are promoting, what they are about. They are Marxist literally they claim it you know what i mean they want to destroy the 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 family and or, um, the makeup of the traditional family and i'm like okay but let me go find a dude who's black who grew up in atlanta who's been there for 27 years who when he comes on my show has a black lives matter flag flying in the background and openly supports black lives matter organization and wanting to defund the, defund the police and let's have an hour and a half discussion about why he thinks that right and it's so fascinating because i probably got the most well maybe not the most i probably got like top 10 episodes that i've done with the most hate feedback on that one and i'm like if you have a problem with that you're kind of part of the problem right because you're not even willing to acknowledge like you want to be heard this is the thing i don't get it's like you want to be heard but so do they so if you're not willing to hear their side of things, why would they ever hear your side of things? And, you know, be the change you want to see in the world, right? I mean, it's like these simple things that we just don't live by. And don't get me wrong, it's not like you can't, it's not like you have to believe what they believe, but at least acknowledge that their viewpoint is a, 
is a viewpoint at all, right? Like, and that they actually are feeling that way, that they're not just trying to be idiots. By the way, like if anyone understands marketing, copywriting, persuasion, if any, uh, read Influence by Robert Cialdini or even Persuasion or any of these I marketing I love both books, of those books. The, love them. The, the number one way to, to convince, like the word convince has kind of been destroyed, right? So yeah. convince is really just to, to give enough information to help them make that decision, right? So right. To, to convince them of this thing, you have to be not shouting in their face. Right. So every, and honestly on both sides, Black Lives Matter, the defund the police stuff, the Trump side, the left side, all these, these big protests and whatnot. It's like, who are you convincing other than the people who already believe? Already there. Believe. Right. You are wasting your time. Right. And, and, and I want to be clear. I have no problem with protests. No, no. Like, you know what I mean? Like, feel free. By but all means. Dude, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, the, the most, one of the most beautiful moments. Uh, there's a video. It was during a Black Lives Matter protest. Huge people just shouting. There's like three lines of cops. And it was during, the, the, during all this stuff going on. And this is, has nothing to do with politics. It's just human, human right. beings, human value. These, the Black Lives Matter side or you know, that, that side was screaming at the cops and the cops were just standing there kind of, kind of stoically, not moving or whatever. And then this guy with this megaphone is like, we got to like be louder, be louder, be louder. And then he's like, now everyone like take a knee. And so everyone on that side took a knee and then all the other cops took a knee too. Nice. Out of this like mutual respect. And then there was just dead silence. And then the, the, the Black Lives Matter side started coming over and like hugging the cops. And they had like this beautiful moment of unification, which was like, holy crap. We're all humans and we're all yeah. feeling some type of a pain through this, that when this person is, is killed because of this, it's, it's not like we're all in agreement that that person should have died or, right. or vice versa. Um, and so those protests specifically where they do end up with some mutual understanding or something where a debate can take place. Right. Uh, even if you don't agree, you're allowed to disagree. Yeah. But to come to like some mutual respect, I think it's beauty. I think it's art. So, I have a question for you, which, um, are you religious at all? Um, so I, again, when when we get into like definitions and stuff, I don't consider myself religious. I'm a believer. Uh, my dad's actually a pastor. Uh, so So you believe in, you believe in God or a higher power of some sort. Yeah, correct. Yep. Okay, cool. So let's assume there. Okay. So when it comes to America and laws and deciding how things are passed, right? Um, essentially the argument and I'm generalizing here for any of you people out there that are like, that's not how it works. I understand. Okay. But like as a general rule, the argument of the woke left, if you will. All right. Like once again, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to degrade anybody here. I'm actually trying to look at two, two arguments objectively. Okay. The one side is basically like, Hey, listen, you can't, you can't assume God in, in, everything, right? Like you can't put Christianity, let's say, or you can't put, you know, your religion, your faith into politics, into religion, because not everybody believes that way. And laws are going to be shaped the wrong way, right? And then the Christian or the right side of things, right? Uh, conservative side of things would be like, generally speaking, they, they lean more to, you know, they cling to their guns and their religion, right? Like the, the classic you know, thing, right? And basically, it's like, hey, we have to have some moral law, we have to have some way we make decisions. And, uh, you know, um, the founding fathers were like, hey, our, our Constitution is only going to work for a moral and religious people, right? So they're assuming that there's some form of morality, some form of religion, doesn't even all have to be the same. But there's some basic way that we all agree upon them, like, hey, this is right, and this is wrong. And we've, uh, up until I would say recently, we've kind of generally accepted those things, right? And so now, as I have, and you know, 
after dealing with the loss of a brother in a helicopter crash and going through me kind of leaving the church and coming back to the church and really exploring faith and religion and, and traveling around the world to understand culture and perspective. Like I really have wrestled with God and religion and, you know, things like that. And I am a Christian. I do believe in the Bible, but not certainly not without wrestling. And I'm not hundred percent even convinced that maybe the Bible is not hundred percent true. Right. I, I'm, I'm working on it. Right. But I, at the, at the end of the day, I like, okay, we have to have some moral and religious thing, but I also know that there's no absolute, there's no absolute truth in the way that we can actually prove it. Like, I can't prove absolute truth. I know it's there. At least I, you know, I believe that, but like, I don't know. I can't prove which way it is actually true. And so your way of truth and my way of truth and the left's way of truth and the right's way of truth is all going to look different, right? So how do we as a society, in your mind, collectively move forward? Because, and, and why do you think, like, why would you tell somebody your way is true? Because really, it's just kind of who's ever the best at convincing everybody else that their way is true is what's going to win right? I mean, like, really, that's all it is. And so I can base it in morality and facts. And I can be like, well, here's why all of my reasons why I believe the Bible is true. I can't prove it, right? I have to accept it by faith. Even the Bible says that. So how am I supposed to convince somebody of that and form laws around that on the same way? How's the left? Like, how do we make laws? How are we supposed to make decisions moving forward as a 350 million person country? Yeah, there's obviously a lot to unpack. Here. <laughs> uh, so I would say, first of all, um, every person, regardless of what they believe, is living in a, in, a, in a state of faith, some type of a faith. Atheists, agnostics, Christians, Muslims, everyone is living in a type of faith. And if you say you don't have faith in something, I think that's where like self-harm comes into play is when you literally have no hope, no faith. I equate hope with faith. And I think faith is believing in something that you, that you can't really see, right? Yeah. And so in that same way that Christians and, and people who believe in the Bible or frankly, any religious text, right. Any, right. We, we tend, you know, anyone who doesn't believe in that says, Oh, you can't use your religious text to defend your, your, your religion or your faith. While that's true. You also can't say I'm not allowed to use that as an asset to, to argue my point. It's almost like we're both going to go to the battlefield with, with nothing in our hands. We're going to just fist fight. Right. Right. Um, but when it comes to, the culture of our country, I think we absolutely have to have some moral understanding of value and faith and principle. We have to. And I think it's mostly been defended. And I think that the, whoever gets, I, I, I think the, the uh, whoever's elected as the president and their particular views over generalizing and, and yes, for sure. Over generalizing that tends to be what people are believing in the culture in the time. Um, and, and so, yeah, I can tell we're, we're probably going to get, get slammed on, on this podcast. Oh, for, for sure. everything we're going to say, but Hey, we can't see the comments live right now. So that's good. Um, but I, I would, that's why I love these conversations. We can be super frank and honest. I think straight up that our country from my personal perspective, um, is best with the moral fabric that was founded in the constitution in the founding fathers belief system, markup and language. I believe that we are the best with that. Is it perfect? No. I mean, it was written so right. long ago. Things change. Things can be amended. Culture changes. But it's, I would equate it to a company. It's almost like if, if Google creates a certain culture, a certain set of rules that we're all going to abide by, we're all going to live with, we're going to decide this, this is how the founders of the company want this company to exist in the marketplace, but also for their 
employees, the people who live in that company. If I decide I don't like Google's rules and how they do things, I go work at Facebook. I move. I go wherever I feel like, A, if I want to stay here, I need to be okay with the fact that that's how the rules are played. Or B, I need to go somewhere where I feel more enveloped. I feel more supported. Okay, so I want, to play the ca- I want to play the counter argument here because yeah, I agree with you, right? But I want to play the counter argument. Counter argument says, hey, listen, if a rule is dumb, it should be fixed, right? Like we are a progressive society. We are America. We're the leader of the free world. We change, we evolve, we grow, right? The constitution was written hundreds of years ago, right? It's outdated. We need to literally update it. We need to get rid of guns off the street. We need to eliminate systematic racism, right? Like this is, this is moving humanity forward, okay? So, and that is a counter argument, right? And you and I both know, at least I would assume, like humans, the whole universe, we are constantly evolving, like we're moving forward, right? And we're expanding. And so as humanity expands and consciousness expands and you know, the universe expands, like we by default move forward with it. We're always changing to a certain extent. So while I agree with you, to the person who thinks that America is systematically racist or the person that thinks that America is bad and they want to come in and change it because they're, for whatever reason, they, they truly, truly believe what they're doing is good. Does that person then become an enemy of the system? Or is that a view that we need to respect and potentially let into our society? So you're, not, you're an entrepreneur. Yes. You founded sure. fun companies. You sure. exited companies. Yes. Um, in the same way that people feel uh, systematic racism, right? I, I'm not stating whether, whether it is or isn't. Right. Or my opinion, any, once, I do have opinions on it, but completely outside of that, okay. we feel the most desire and propensity to want to change something that's affecting us the most. You're an entrepreneur. I'm an entrepreneur. We get taxed up the wazoo. <laughs> 30, 40%. If you're really good, you can get it down to 25%. If you're um, really good. I want to eliminate taxation because mm. it affects me deeply. And I'm a family man. I've got two kids. I've got a beautiful wife. I was born with a uh, you know, family of seven. My dad's a pastor. My mom's a teacher. We came from nothing. I've had to bootstrap and build from scratch just like you have. And and we've busted our butt to make what we have only to get taxed at these insane, insane levels. So people who aren't being taxed aren't complaining about tax and saying like, that's unjust. Like technically income tax from my pers- perspective is illegal. It is, it's <laughs> unconstitutional to have income tax. I might move to Florida just so I can at least have no state income tax because right. I think it's wrong. And, and in my case, when my businesses are doing well, I've got 12 full-time employees. I've got a huge development team. Um, multiple companies. And every time that my company makes more, my, empl- my, my team members can tell you they get raises. I hire new people. Uh, Amazon is, is, of course, Jeff Bezos is massively rich uh, because he's created so much opportunity. He's changed right. the landscape. So in the same way that we feel like what hurts us most is what we want to fight against and change. Um, and so that's why I feel the same propensity and desire to want to change the business landscape so that I can empower other people and, and, and give more. I mean, we try to give a lot and, and, and give people opportunity. Right. Uh, and whatnot. And like, 
so in that, in that same way, I, I recognize that people who feel the systematic racism that, that exists in our current culture has been around for hundreds of years and clearly that needs to be changed. And, and we, need to, so, we, need to, we need to all take our part, I think, in recognizing, yeah, they're going through this. Can I support it? If someone were to come out to me, and here's the, the, the position, if someone were to come out to me and say, no, taxes should not be eliminated. Taxes, should, taxes need to go up. Every time people say that, I get as mad as someone who's in the Black Lives Matter movement or someone who, you know, on the systematic racism side, they get, when they get that mad about someone saying, no, it's not systematically racist. Mm. I'm like, wait a second, it doesn't affect you. Taxation doesn't affect you the way it affects me. So don't say taxes need to be increased for the wealthy because so it doesn't affect you. You yeah, get it all back at the end of the year. Right, and so it's what's super interesting about taxes. I actually have a very unique perspective on taxes. See, it's funny because I actually don't mind paying taxes. Now, I'm not, I have no problem with people being mad at taxes. I mean, I'm friends with Steve Larson who thinks that all taxation is theft, right? He, he, gets, <laughs> he gets so mad, right? And I know lots of people that are like that. It's cool. I actually have no problem paying taxes. My thing is, is that if I'm going to pay taxes, I should at least get to choose where it goes, right? So like, listen, like, hey, listen, government, if you're going to charge me 35, 35% taxes, cool. I'll pay my 35% taxes. Let's have a flat rate of taxes of, let's say 10% of whatever I pay in you get to keep to fund the military and to fund basic infrastructure of keeping America running and safe. I believe Rose, the federal government, right, cops, right. Yeah, I, I believe that the government America. essentially has essentially has two two responsibilities. It is to keep America safe from foreign enemies and is to promote economic growth. That's that's essentially the the role of the government in my mind. Federal federal government, right? And then city would be roads and, and, and police officers and promote economic growth, okay? So I look at it and I go, cool. So you take your, let's say I pay, so let's say I make a million dollars and I'm gonna have to pay $350,000 of that in taxes. Okay, cool. You get to take 50 grand of that or 100 grand of that or whatever it is and that's gonna go to military and economic growth. The remaining quarter million dollars, there are 50, 60, 80, 300 different funds that I must pay, I must spend the $250,000 but I get to choose where it goes to. I 100%, I've never actually heard that perspective. I actually freaking love it. Because this, it allows me. Way, oh, yes, in the same way that when I give charity, I give to, to charity right. or churches or whatever, I get to pick where that goes and that's not forced upon me. I 100% agree. Because I have no problem. And I'm stealing it, by the way. That but is do my it, new go, perspective. Do it, do okay, it. Great. Because here's the deal. Here's my thought process, right? One of the things that I find very fascinating since the whole racism thing has come on the scene, right, very heavily, I've actually studied a lot of racism and I've uh, specifically like systematic racism and uh, the whole white privilege thing, which I don't think it's white privilege. I think it's privilege. I think typically speaking, maybe in America, maybe more whites have privilege, but I don't think it's white privilege, it's privilege, but whatever. What's interesting is in wealthy communities, in communities that are very well off, everybody does better, okay? I moved to a suburb of Denver, okay? The place where I live, has a, a high average income, right? It's, it's much higher than the, the standard average in America. The place where I live is very safe. It's very clean. We have sidewalks and parks everywhere, right? It's, it's a very, very good thing. So even, even the poor people, even the homeless people, we have some homeless people here, right? Even the homeless people's quality of life is better off. And that only happens if we all go and pay our fair share, if you will, my meaning our tax dollars went in to build those sidewalks and build those roads and build those parks. So I'm like, sweet, cool. If I live in this city and I know that I'm going to spend $30,000 in taxes towards this you know, specific city for this year, 
and I want more parks and more roads and more things, I should be able to give all my money to that. If I want more for homeless people, if I want more for you know, the pro- whatever it is, that way, me as an entrepreneur and you as someone that is going to make a lot of money, when you make more money, you have more control over what gets changed. And if you want change, by going and creating change, you have to go make more money. You have to be a producer rather than a consumer. I think it solves, it's not perfect, but I think it solves so many of the issues that we face today with the government. I'm sure we're hearing, uh, people are probably screaming through. Screaming the, at uh, us, If, if they're sure. still here, they're still screaming through the, through the screen right now saying like, well, you already get that. You get to vote and then those people get to, and it's there's the lobbyists same. that get to fight for all that and whatnot. Um, again, I, I think globally speaking, and I know where there's every one of these micro issues could be debated for weeks and people do that, right? That yes. Each one of these things. But if we're just having this blanket kind of conversations about overarching theories and ideas and principles, yeah, I, I think A, people tend to defend and fight for the things that matter to most, the, the most to them and affect them the, the most, right? Um, if, if, if I, yeah, I think I'm totally privileged. I call it blessed. I think I'm just exceptionally yes, 100%. blessed. 100%. I'm blessed. <laughs> I, I mean, people could call it privilege or whatever. I think it's kind of, I think it's kind of degrading or whatever. It's like, I'm extremely fortunate. Thank, thank right. God. I'm, I live in America. Thank God I have loving parents and a kind family and I live in a nice town. And, right. and yes, I've had to fight extremely hard for the things that, that, that I have or whatever. And right. You didn't inherit, you didn't, you weren't the I son didn't of a, a billion, billionaire, right? You, yeah, you, that's privilege. Yeah. Or a billionaire and inheriting $500 million. We can call that privilege. Yeah, I, I don't even so, think they would fight that. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I think that there's African-Americans and, and, and Asians and uh, Latinos and white people and all of us by being, by virtue of living in America and having kind of the same laws, some of the same blessings are really afforded to us, right? Yeah. Some of them, right? Um, and some are not, right? But I, I, think, I think for me, my biggest shift to make, Josh, is I want to, and I think it all happened because there's a big explosion obviously around the Black Lives Matter movement, is that because that has never impacted me, my goal has been trying to understand it yeah. um, before even speaking on it. The, the danger in that is that this was where things went way off the edge in this last thing, in my opinion. I mean, probably in your opinion as well, is that by if you didn't speak about it, right. you lost. If you spoke about it, you lost. So it's like, no, I'm trying to come out to understand this in the same way that I don't know what it's like to be Latino and, and have to jump across a, a fence just to survive because my family's being threatened by the drug cartel. I right. don't know what that's like. I want to try to understand that in the same way the Black Lives Matter movement, I want to understand their perspective. Them screaming at me is not going to convince me. Right. Uh, people telling me that if I'm not speaking for it, then I'm complicit is ridiculous and, right. and in, insane and completely illogical. Right. <laughs> that, if, if I don't speak, I lose. And if I speak, then I'm speaking from privilege and I also lose. Right. That, it's, one thing, it's one thing to be like, if you're asked a direct question, hey, do you support black lives? Not, you know, hey, do, do you think racism exists? Yes or no? And you're like, I refuse to speak on it. Okay, then maybe, then maybe they have a point of like, in some way, then maybe you're being complicit in some way. But like, by simply not saying anything about it, because you're not educated or not informed well enough is ridiculous. It's insanity. It's, it is, it's delusion. It really, that's really what it is to assume that everybody is going to understand that this is a thing when, I mean, I, like I've said it before, I grew up in a County and 
there was one black family in the whole county, right? Racism to me was if you looked at someone because they were black and you thought differently of them, that was the only, that was the only definition of racism that I knew existed. No idea, any other thing. So when someone was like, Josh, you're a racist, I'm like, what are you talking about? You're insane. No, I'm not. But they had a totally different definition. How am I supposed to speak out on that? So anyway, sorry, continue. Yeah, no, I, and I think, I mean, I've had black friends and also during this whole thing, I was also blamed for being complicit <laughs> in this whole thing. I'm like, how dare I, you? I have nothing against it. Yeah. Oh, you know, trying to understand it. So look, but I'm also coming at the perspective because anyone could edit this down and I'll bet you five years from now, it's going to happen. I don't know, 20 years from now, when I run for president, someone's going to grab a soundbite from this and say, look at him. He was a racist on Josh Forty's <laughs> podcast. Anyway, it's happen. But the global thing is like, I, we're all growing. We're all learning and I want to learn to love people better. I want to learn yes. to treat people better. And that only comes from understanding. I think they also need to understand where I'm coming from and where, and what, what are the things that matter to me? You know, what, let's, let's, let's figure that out without saying like talking about it is bad. Talking for it or against it is, is bad. It's like these global, it's, I'm just like winded from it, bro. I'm so it's, like, this is 2020 has been a, a friggin' it's been a mess. It's been, it's been crazy. quite the year. I think the the biggest thing that both sides, and this is in no way exclusive to one side is that both sides, we, we've mentioned it before, want the other side to hear their side without having to go and hear the other side first. Right. And the, the number one thing that I have learned in studying psychology and studying how we change and identity and beliefs and change is that on like, if you want to make change, you must be the change first. If you want to be understood, you must understand the other side first, right? You must, you have to, right? If you don't want your kids to hit, don't hit your kids. Right. If you want your wife to love you, love your wife. Right. I mean, be it's it. pretty straightforward. Be do have, right? Classic. Right. And so it's one of those things where I look at it and go, okay, I've got to be the change. Here's where I struggle. And this is something that I am currently working through in my life as we speak. And I'm getting better at it, especially as 2020 goes on, as I'm getting more controversial. But like, I'm an empath, dude. Like I feel people's pain. If somebody is hurting, I like just want to, like I see a homeless person on the side of the road and I just want to go buy them a house. Doesn't even matter why they're there. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm like, yo, go get a job because it's right. Like, I, I understand the path, but that doesn't mean my heart does not hurt for them. Okay. So when I see people in pain, when I see people rioting, when I see people homeless, like I feel their pain and I'm like, I want to help you so badly. But I also have a different perspective on what help looks like, you know, personal responsibility. That being said, I don't like enemies. I have a lot of them, but I don't like them. And at first, I thought I could come in and I could change the world by unifying everybody and making everybody happy. And that just isn't possible. It doesn't work that way, right? And so when I look at America and I look at particularly the landscape that we're in here today, like I believe that, and I'm going to use the left and the right here because it's the easiest for people to understand. I believe that some of the ideas, and in fact, a lot of the ideas that are promoted by the left slash the Democrat party, I don't care if you're, you don't identify with them. If you vote Democrat, you're supporting these ideas and ideologies are actually truly dangerous. They're actually truly evil, right? I actually believe that. And so I go through and I want to stand up to these things. And there's this part of me that's like, hey, we need to unify everybody and we need to understand the other side and we need to come together and we need to like really need to understand that like if we're ever going to bring about change, we got to come together. And then there's another part of me that is like, you cannot possibly support this 
you're evil. Like this is evil. This is wrong. And call them out and they're going to get mad about it. And I'm going to be called divisive and I'm going to be called just as terrible as everybody else. And it's probably going to seem like that. But at some point, it's like, I do think that this is a battle and I'm not going to categorize the Democrats slash left as evil and the Republicans as good because that's not accurate. But at some point, I think for me, I came to this realization of there is a battle of good and evil going on right now. There is. And that means that there's going to be people on the evil side. There's some evil people out there. There's some evil ideologies out there. And I think that that's very difficult for someone like me to navigate in the political landscape or just in the landscape of America in general, because as someone that would love unity and everybody to get along, I also understand that that's not possible. And it's like, just where, where's that line of let's call for unity, but also let's, let's definitely call out evil when we see it. Okay. So yeah, I actually have a, I think a, a more firm opinion on this stuff as well. And I'll even give probably the most divisive example that exists in our culture today. Nice. But before I do that, <laughs> uh, I'll come back to it. Um, are you of the opinion that you can only vocally speak towards a cause if you are uh, the putting your money where your mouth is aspect, where if you are not personally working towards personally funding or being an actual physical a activist for a cause, do you believe that if you're not doing that, you do not get an opinion or you do get it? Anyone can have an opinion on, on a subject. I believe that anybody can have an opinion on the subject. However, I believe that the more active you are, the more pull your opinion has. So if someone like Tim Ballard, who, you know, the founder of Operation Underground Railroad, wants to speak on sex trafficking versus somebody that has donated five bucks and is like, yeah. I think sex trafficking is terrible. Like his opinion is going to pull significantly more weight and his opinion matters more than yours does. It does. It just does, right? I'm not saying your opinion is invalid. I'm saying that his literally matters more because he literally has 3,000, probably more like 3 million times more data. He's got the, the evidence, right? Right. So I, in, from, from my perspective, I think it is critical as much as possible to be I think it's all about putting your money where your mouth is, right? Yes. I think opinions are just like belly buttons, right? And right. here's the most divisive example of this. And I think this is the same reason why I think a lot of had conversations with very far left-leaning people. And by the end of the conversation, they've moved much more moderate or they're, they just, maybe their parents were that. And that's why they think that way. Maybe yep. their friends are that. That's why they think that way. Same with the right. The right could be very, the right, right? Uh, <laughs> it's so confusing the right and left, right? Right. But I think more people, I think about 90% of the population is more centralized than the extremely loud 5% on the other side. Uh, either right? side. I would agree. Those people will never move. They'll never be shaken. There's actually something mentally wrong with the synapses in their brain that they cannot be convinced or moved or, or the other. Right. And I by the way, that goes for the right and the left. All you psychos out there that think that we just <laughs> call people mentally dumb. All right. Those, yeah. the, those Trump supporters and the Democrats or Biden supporters. So all chill all out. sides, if you are unmovable in your <laughs> position, there is something physically wrong with the synapse connections in your brain. There's a chemical issue. Anyway, uh, so I think everyone evolves and changes and improves. I think on our deathbed, we're the best version of ourselves, yeah. right? Or we're the, the most woke, okay? So here's the most divisive uh, example of this. And it's the topic of abortion, which is, <sighs> I mean, it is a, it's, it's a can of worms. 
Um, oh, and the, the, the biggest thing is that I am such, I have a very firm opinion on it. And the, it's the same thing that if you voice your opinion on something that cannot possibly impact you, people will see that as that's not, you're not a woman. That's not your, that's not your right. body to do that. Right. But I'm saying, but <sighs> if I would say that my voice where I'm not only advocating, but funding and also willing to say, look, for me, I'm very, I'm extremely pro-life. Don't just don't kill anyone at, at any point. Don't shoot people. Don't do death penalty stuff. I guess I don't, don't just don't kill things. Don't kill dogs. Right. Don't kill cats. There's that, there's that movie. Don't F with cats. If you, 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 I have not say, seen it. It's, it's twisted and crazy. Uh, but just don't kill things. I'm kind of like in that, in that perspective, globally speaking, like I know that there's certain, there's, there's war and there's all that thing. Right. And, you know, um, but in general, if I am advocating for a certain thing, even if I'm not capable of having a baby, um, if I'm willing to say, no, don't do that. And I will take your kid and raise them as my own. I feel like my perspective and, and, opinion is as valid as a woman whom that could actually affect. I am so happy you brought this up. All right. Here's how I look at this. And I think this is fascinating because I get in trouble all the time with this, right? You, oh, we're totally going to get in trouble. Dude. How, how like, dare you tell a woman how to, how to live, be with their body, right? Here's the deal. I'm not. You made a choice. Listen, I, while I disagree with it, I'm okay with from a legal perspective. There's me as a moral person. And then there's me as a hey, let's vote on actual laws here, right? Me as a moral person would have a problem with this. But hey, listen, legally, if there's rape or incest and there wants to be an abortion, I will make an exception for that. I'm gonna throw that out the window right now because I don't wanna go down that argument. I wanna look at this as a general rule. I don't agree with it, but I, I get it. If you're raped and you know right away and it takes place, I'll make an exception, cool. But let's talk about 98, 99% of the abortions that go on in the world today, okay? You made a choice to have unprotected sex you made a choice to go out there and get pregnant. It might've been an accident, but it is the result of your actions. Now, from this point on, we must look at things as facts. We must look at things for how they are, okay? And I understand you're like, oh, I'm a woman. I have this thing growing in, in my body. And believe me, I can't, I don't know what that's like. I never will know what that's like, right? But here's what I do know. I do know that in order for that to happen, a choice had to be made. I do know that there is life inside of you and so that it is not just your body that you're affecting anymore at this point. And I also do know that it is not a permanent change in the sense of you do have the ability to give that child up for adoption or give that child up for abortion. I mean, for abortion, um, for, uh, for to go to an orphanage if they are born. That's a terrible scenario. Like we don't want that to happen. But at the end of the day, what we need to understand is that we have to look at facts and not the feelings of who's involved. And all every argument that I see on the side of pro-abortion is that you don't know what it's like to have a, a baby inside of you. You can't tell me what to do with my body. And I'm like, I didn't tell you what to do with your body. You chose to go and have sex with a dude and get pregnant. Like that happened. I didn't tell you to do that. I didn't tell you, not, like, you know what I'm saying? And it's so frustrating to me because I'm like, you chose to conceive, conceive a child. Like that was a choice, right? So why all of a sudden does that child who is alive, and let's even go so far as to say abortion 
after life, like after they have a heartbeat, right? Like they have a heartbeat, they're a living thing, they're alive. It's not your body anymore, it's theirs. You know what I'm saying? And it's just, it's so crazy to me that if someone gets shot while they're pregnant, it's a double homicide. But if they abort them, it's not murder. How? How does that make any sense? And it's yeah, so- it's, it's as if the, the intent for that child is what gives it life or not life. Right, what? That's, it's insane. It's like, so if, if, I, if I kill a dog and I, and I say that that was, or, yeah, it's just, it's, uh, I think there's also some level of- You don't get to decide whether it's life or, or whether the life is valuable or not. Yeah, it's like the, the, the choice of it. So, I mean, for, for me, I'm, I'm not of the, and there are, some, there are some women who have like multiple abortions and whatnot. It's like, um, and again, I'm not a woman, so I, do, I don't, but I can firmly say like, if you are going to abort your kid, don't do it. Let me and my wife raise that kid. Literally. And, give, and there are hundreds of thousands, my guess would be, I'm making up that number, but I know plenty of parents who can't conceive and want that and would do that. And right now, like the system is against people even wanting to adopt those babies. By the way, there's a lot of stats and whatnot. I, I don't have them uh, uh, up to date here or in front of me, but the amount of women who decide to have to have the kid instead of to a, to to abort and they're gonna like adopt it away, they end up wanting to keep that kid. That's why, keep that's why there's laws in place that actually protect that mom because they know the people know it's like as soon as you have the kid, it's like wow, it's real. I can see it and feel there's it. an emotional connection there that is just. Yeah insane it's totally different than when it's inside and it and yeah. here's the thing i want to be very very clear and i think you've been clear on this as well i understand that the perspective that a man has will never ever 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 be the perspective that a woman has on this i understand that but perspective feelings on the matter do not change the facts where my stance on abortion is is pretty irrelevant but like Personally, once again, is different than legally. Like I support the ability for a woman to have an abortion in the case of rape, in the case of incest, and, and before a heartbeat. I don't agree with it, but if somebody were to come to, if I were the president of the United States and a bill were to come across my desk that says, hey, listen, Josh, would you be okay with all abortions are illegal after a heartbeat, but beforehand, they're, they're legal. I would sign that from a political perspective because- Listen, I understand that things happen and I understand that not everybody has the same morals and things that I do. However, once there is a heartbeat, once that, and I believe that life starts at conception, not a heartbeat, just to be clear, my personal beliefs, but it's different than, different than my political beliefs. But once there is a heartbeat, once there is an actual living, living human being inside of you, it doesn't, care, it doesn't matter if they can't live on its own, right? The baby can't live on its own if you're not taking care of it once it's out of the womb, okay? Like you gotta take care of it, I understand that. And we all should. Once that baby is living, all of a sudden it is a live thing. And the second that you say, oh, I, it's my body. It's not your body. It is literally another body inside of you. It is no longer yours. You give up your right to say it's my body, my choice, because it is not longer your, no longer your body, your choice. It is your body and their body. And if you want to get rid of the child once they're born, that, that's your choice. You can be a piece of crap human being, a horrible scum that wants to get rid of their child. That's fine. That's your choice but to kill them is not your choice. And mm, just gets me so, so upset. So, and I, I, so the, the reason I bring that up specifically is I think that 
from from that perspective, and this let's get even more down the line here, that if you're going to support one type of life, you have to support all types of life, right? And I believe personally, every living person has value. Everyone. Every person has, I guess, a right to life. I don't believe that anyone deserves to die necessarily. I know that's really tough. Yeah. I think people make horrible, horrible mistakes. I think people hurt other people and that's a horrible thing uh, for them to do. And they should be liable for the consequences of those actions. And I think, um, but I also see that there is such thing as a second chance. So I'm a, I was a, actually a filmmaker before I was really even a marketer. I have a film called Church of Felons and it's about really severe addiction in Western Wisconsin. Uh, one of the- Wait, are you from Wisconsin? So I, <laughs> here, I'll, I'll give you some secret. I, t- I tell people I'm from Minneapolis because like people don't even know where Wisconsin is, but I, I am from Wisconsin. Yeah. I was born in Wisconsin, dude. That's where crazy. Uh, I was born in Madison. Okay, have, I'm on the far west side. So, okay, yeah. I have yeah. family still in Madison and up until like, I think it was last year, I had um, family in Milwaukee as well. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So actually, actually, on that note, we did our one of our premieres for the film in Madison at like some That's of the festival. But yeah, I'm in that in the right over the border. So I tell people Minnesota because it sounds cooler. Uh, <laughs> people know where Minnesota is, but no one knows where Scott. Anyway, uh, so <laughs> it's like you know, just paint the picture that'll help people understand. Right. All right. All right. Uh, that's like fun. my last name. I don't even say my last name is Metric. No one can pronounce it, so I just say, "Hey, my name is Jordo. Just call me Jordo." Like, Jordo. Jordo. Give them the give them the picture that they want to whatever. Metric. Metric. Yeah. Okay, Croatian. I, I think I think I said Metric. So you actually Metric. didn't say anything. Oh, that's right. I did it beforehand to myself. I was like, "How am I going to pronounce?" So funny. I'm terrible with names. Like I'll remember your first name, but I am terrible with per, the pronunciation of names. So before I get on podcast, I like practice trying to pronounce people's I names. I just go by Jordo now. It's just, okay. it's, so it's Jordo. just easier for everybody. Yeah. Okay. okay. And the reason I don't even say Jordan is because they misspell Jordan. I'm like, who, who misspells Jordan? Michael Jordan. Like, do you guys, anyway, that's another thing I've got a firm opinion on, but uh, yeah. So anyway, but, but this film is on Amazon prime and, and we, you know, got seen by hundreds of thousands of people, but it was this concept of like one of the stories in the film, this guy was drinking and driving and he, and he was in a car accident that, that killed a motorcyclist. Right. Um, and because of that completely turned his life around right? Mm. and now has devoted his entire life to making substantial change. He was fined hundreds of thousands of dollars. You know, he's in jail for, for, uh, for a while as well. And like massive ripple effects that come from that. There are consequences to actions and those actions need to be paid for. I'm not going to defend him and say he doesn't need to be in jail for that, or he doesn't need to pay for that or whatever. But it's also like, I don't think he needs to be put to death because he was doing, you know, right. It's like, so if I want to value all life period, which in my opinion as well, uh, a, a, a feed, a fetus, I think it's a bad word. It's a baby. There's a baby inside of you. It has value. It has a future. There are people who want that. And in the same way that people who are, who are in, in jail for causing really horrific crimes, I think I really believe that a lot of them could turn their lives around. I think that there are some people that are completely lost causes. I think like the far radical um, side of even like of Islam where they, you know, really do intend to harm people. They need to be stopped and almost at any cost, right? It's like this, this concept of defending life by taking life is sometimes tough for us to grapple with yeah. as, a, as a country. I'm a hundred percent okay with, with our government defending our homeland from people who are going to come here to try to harm more people by, 
extricating life from that person mm. for that. I'm, I'm kind of like, look, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to pull the trigger. I'm not going to tell you, you can't do it when you are defending life. So it's like, right. I think there's just recently, and there's, there's a, there's a big gray area there. Yeah. It's, any, anyone would know that's so, so difficult. And as you know, as a general rule, I think you and I are probably in very close alignment on stay out of war. If at all possible, stay away from violence use use death as an absolute absolute last resort right if if someone breaks into my home uh, believe me i am well armed and i am a huge defender of the second amendment but my goal is not to shoot to kill my goal is to shoot to stop right and unfortunately sometimes that means you must kill right and, and that's that's a terrible horrible thing but there's a fundamental difference with somebody strapping a bomb to their chest and saying i'm going to blow up a mall or fly a plane well i shouldn't use that example because that's that's a bad example but like you know what i'm saying like actual terrorist anyone who has an intent right it's right. like we're back to that concept of intent of, an of actual intent to kill or harm is fundamentally different than ah there's a baby in my womb and i don't want it like Oh, it's such a tough discussion. Yeah. It's like we're two white dudes talking about. Yeah, I know. Like, we're two right white uh, dudes have successful companies where that man, our white privilege is showing big time here, Jordan. We are <laughs> we are exceptionally blessed. I've got a beautiful wife who is able to uh, to conceive. We can have kids, and yes, on like end of the day, I'm saying is that if if we are going to form an opinion about any of this, we need to be able to put our money, our physical money, and, and our we, physical actions to our mouth. And defend it to that level. So I'm saying, and, personally, and oh god, personally for me, I I'm gonna say don't kill people. That includes babies. If you have an intent to kill a baby, please give me that baby, and I will raise it. And you can say you can have the life that you wanted because you weren't ready or whatever, or any of that stuff. You be careful. You might get like 500 people messaging you saying, "Hey, all my." Great. And then maybe we can, uh, we can reform the adoption there you go. Uh, space. The whole, the and this whole, is why uh, entrepreneurs are going to change the world because when we're dude, faced with a problem, yes. we don't go, it's a problem. We go, where's the solution? Let's yeah. Make it like I've always said, entrepreneurs change the world and the government regulates it. Right. And they're, they're, they're crushed by lobbyists and people who are trying to make that stuff happen. But it's like, I have a Tesla right now, literally because Elon Musk, it's, he's like my spirit animal. <laughs> it's like, he is changing the world so much. I want to do anything to align myself with him and that vibe. And entrepreneurs are the only ones changing the world. The government is doing almost nothing. They are almost. just signing things to say, okay, this is what our general opinion is of things. Private citizens are really not making, here's, I'll go as far as to say this. Private citizens do not make a mass difference. A private citizen that makes a mass difference is actually an entrepreneur and entrepreneurs make differences. All right, guys. So you can yell at him for that in the comment section there. I actually would tend to agree with you. I'm sure there's exceptions there. One, one quick note I want to mention, then I want to move on to our next the, the topic here. Um, for those of you that are pro-abortion, for those of you that are screaming through your computer screen right now and, and want to just yell and scream at me to my face and Jordan, I'm sure as well, I'm open to having a discussion. I'm open to having my mind changed, but I've never been changed, just FYI. And I'm actually, if you can convince me with facts and logic and you can actually present to me why there is a, a moral, a moral reason why having an abortion is okay and a logical reason why that is justified, I'd love to have you on the show. Contact I Think Different Theory dot com send us an email give us your reason and we'll have you on if you have a good logical reason why we should have you on so i'm open to having the discussion you're probably not going to convince me but i'm open to having the conversation okay next question i just want to throw that out there because i don't want to be 
close-minded, like we said earlier. I love it. And I hope everyone uh, takes the intent of our, of our purpose here that like, right. yeah, we are, we're putting a huge target on our chest by giving our side. And so, and we're not saying people, that if you have an abortion that you're evil and that are going to hell for the rest, you know, like you can turn your life around, right? We disagree with it. We, we think it's morally wrong, but like, guess what we do? I, I do. I know I'm not going to speak for you, but I know I do things that are morally wrong as well. And I need to, that's why, that's why we have a savior. Okay. We're all broken. We're all, yep. Tesla. Dude. Oh, baby. Oh, tell me about it, dude. Sweet how, how, baby how Elon. Oh, I just want to hold him. Every time, every time I get in a Tesla, I just ask myself the question of why do I not have one of these? No one should not have a Tesla. That's Everyone what I feel on like. earth should be driving Teslas right now. It's next level. It's a computer with wheels. It literally, when I get, so I got an X, I, I literally have to, the computer has to boot up. There's no buttons at all. There's a screen with software that updates and there's a fart, there's a fart machine in it. He calls it know, emissions. There's, a little, <laughs> there's, there's games you can play in there. There's uh, it goes from zero to 60 in like 2.6 seconds. This is next level uh, achievement of, uh, of tech that we could not even imagine. Um, and it's another example of you know, with, with SpaceX and solar city and everything Elon Musk does is an example of how I believe anyone can bring a vision that they have to life. Just like I think everyone has value. I think everyone's ideas can be brought to life if they get over their own BS and develop some confidence and actually go out there and be an entrepreneur. The definition is just someone who takes more than normal financial risk to bring an idea to life, right? That's yeah. really the definition. It's a French word about like swimming out to the ocean, right? About taking that massive risk. It's like, dude, if you get into a Tesla, and you experience that firsthand. You realize this literally didn't exist. It didn't age. exist. It literally Did not didn't. It wasn't even possible. Anything you want to do, you can do. And you can beat the government. You can beat regulators. You can beat public, public opinion. There's a, an interview with, with uh, Elon about, because they were going to space. And uh, I think it was Buzz Aldrin or something. One, 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 it was kind of one of his heroes, right? It's someone who cared about him. Yeah. And he starts to cry because the reviewer or the reporter guy said, uh, you know, Elon, you know, like Buzz Aldrin said, like, there's no way he's going to make this happen. It's not going to, this is not going to work. And Elon's like, that's really hard for me to hear because yeah, I, I know his heart, yeah. you know, um, because of like someone who's his hero and look at him, they, they took a rocket and it landed upright on a moving platform in the middle of the <laughs> ocean. We need to give this guy all of our money. Okay. Everyone it, give Elon your money and our lives will just be better. Period. It's so funny. Give him money. There was the the uh, article that came, I think it was in Forbes, which man, I don't know. Forbes is a joke. It's becoming more and more of a joke. I posted an article earlier uh, that said that there's a new study out that says that it, speaking English causes the spread of coronavirus more than other languages. I, I am dead. I'm like, you gotta be like, oh, I can't like, do it, man. Like at some point, anyway, I think it was by Forbes and it came out and it was like, um, the government said that to create a reusable, sustainable rocket, I think it was the rocket one, I could be wrong on this, it was gonna take 10 years and $12 billion. And Elon Musk did it in three years and for a billion. And it's like, or maybe it was four years, whatever it was, right? It was like less than half the time with one-tenth of the budget. And I'm like, and if that is not proof that the government is completely, totally, and, and utterly, in, in, like, inept. inept. Like, they, they, they totally inadequate, they're totally, they can't do it. Incapable. Right? Yeah. In every way, shape, or form. 
I don't know what does, right? Because that's like, the, that's the private sector for you. And it's just, it's so like, I don't know how anybody can support the government getting involved in anything. It's like, I hear, and I don't want to go down this route yet. We'll come, maybe we can loop back to this. I want to stay on this topic of entrepreneurship. But when I see people that are like, how dare you don't want to help poor people? How dare you don't want, you know, to get people, put people on food stamps or do that? I'm like, I actually support a lot of what the Democrats want to do. I just think the government is the absolute worst possible vehicle for doing that because it's literally 10 times the cost and literally 10 times the amount of time to accomplish the exact same result. And it's not even as good of a result. Yeah. It's like, you know, we have to pay people to manage. You're right. Maybe we could come back to it, but we have to pay people in the public sector to manage those funds that go down. We're less effective with every dollar that we give them to manage. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And if we were to just give it and they'd be like, well, if we don't tax it, then we won't give it. It's like, try me. Right. Try me. See right. What, see what happens. That's you know? why I'm saying. That's why I'm saying. Like, hey, tell me how much I have to give and I'll give it. But let me decide. Uh, okay. Entrepreneurship. Anyway, back to it. So you're an entrepreneur. I'm an entrepreneur. How old are you? Uh, 33. Just turned 33. And, and how long have you been an entrepreneur? Boy, it's been a boy. It's been a roller coaster. Maybe eight or eight or nine years. I mean, it started as a entrepreneur making it up, uh, and then just figuring it out. So, it's so been, it's been a while. What's um, I guess let's let's start with current and let's move backwards. What do you do now? Give people the five second rundown because I know you're I know your competitor. Listen, listen, Jordan. I love you, dude. Let's bring it, but let's bring listen, it. Listen, Brand. I love you a lot. We've had a really good conversation. But here's the thing. You're never gonna get me from ClickFunnels, so I wanna, I wanna, I wanna hear, I wanna hear what you're doing though, because I, listen, this is gonna be good. This Everyone is gonna be tune so in. Everyone go. tune in. What are you doing? Okay, so uh, I'm the founder of DropFunnels, um, and uh, you know I've been building businesses for for quite a while, and I've always built on WordPress. WordPress powers 34% of the internet, insanely fast pages, which is critical for ranking and for yep. you know uh, high high uh, you know high value search, but also traffic costs and whatnot is that your, your traffic costs are the cheapest on a WordPress-based platform. But it's always been very technical. It's always been very, and actually the first I've got- So technical. Kind of my, kind of my, my story. This is what I call my, my drop funnels Fiverr. And so this was the first five, a uh, representation of the first five bucks I made online. I was doing video animations and I sold uh, actually a, a $10 animation on a WordPress site and I got five bucks commission on it or whatever. So I was giving it to this. And so something flicked in my mind. It was like, holy crap this digital entrepreneurship, that was my story in, in short form right. uh, of how you can take any piece of value, put it on the internet, list it for sale, and people will just buy it. They'll just literally buy it. <laughs> and I was always doing organic. I never did a, a cent of paid media until about maybe a year or two ago. Really? Yeah. Ever. I'm still in that organic space, bro. Yeah. I haven't cracked all, that. It was all, all organic and it was beautiful. And so I was getting ranked in the search engines and, and all my offers were totally organic. Um, and then obviously I heard about ClickFunnels, by the way, huge respect for Russell. Everything that he teaches is, is super gold. From my opinion, he also, uh, it's, it's one of the worst softwares on the planet. From a technical <laughs> perspective is actually one of the worst. And there's a lot of data that will show that. So what I found was, wait a second, WordPress works. It gets you free organic leads and sales. It ranks in Google. Um, but to add the sales funnel side, you had to have a sales funnel builder. It loads slow. Dean Graziosi's book funnel loads in about 40 seconds, by the way. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, uh, Dan Wilkinson, one of the most foremost experts on, on page load speed, does really deep dives into the, how critical your, your page speed is to ranking and to your conversion rate, but also your traffic cost. 
Facebook will really yeah, quickly, ahead. really, sorry, really quickly. For those of you that are listening that are more newer to this entrepreneurship space and things, we're talking about WordPress and drop funnels and click funnels. These are softwares and programs that you can build websites or funnels. Funnels are a series of, of web pages designed in a certain way. They're essentially the same thing. They're called a different name because they do something. Uh, Drop Funnels is Jordan's company. Click Funnels is, is Russell Brunson's company, who I am a huge fanboy of, which is why this discussion is funny um, and entertaining at the same time. And WordPress is like, I don't want to call it the OG because technically there were the OGs, but they're the OG big, you know, the big wigs of the internet space when it comes to, comes to building websites. Whenever most websites that you see, if you hear WordPress, it's like the, the old technical OG thing of it all. So continue. I just wanted to give some context for though we're talking about softwares and things of that nature. That's where we're going back and forth. Here. Yeah. So sales funnels in general, if you're selling a course, you're getting leads for your business, you're doing yeah. any of those things. You don't want to send them to a website. A website is kind of like a hose with lots of holes in it. Right. And so yeah. you put people in and they just go everywhere. A funnel is where there's, it's streamlined and they end at one point. So that's yeah. really the focus is like, you give them one thing to do on every single step. Mm. And there are softwares that help to make that better. So I use ClickFunnels for years, membership courses, yep. uh, funnels, all of that stuff. And then I started to look into the data, especially when we started running paid advertising. I found, wait a second, almost none of my funnels are actually ranking. Why is that? I started to look into why does WordPress rank sometimes in a day or two, whereas ClickFunnels almost never ranked. I started looking into the page speed issue. Why is it that um, I, I was mentioning Dan Wilkinson, one of the foremost expert, experts on page speed, um, found that if your pages load any more than three, maybe four seconds, you're losing 50% of your conversion Oof. period, 50%. And uh, anything above that, you'll often lose, uh, what was it? Amazon found that for every 100 milliseconds of latency, they would lose up to a 7% conversion, 100 milliseconds. Yeah, I heard that Amazon said if, if Amazon uh, were to load on average, one second slower on their website across the board, it would attribute to like a billion dollars a day in revenue or something like that, like that they would it's lose. It's something, it's, it's something stupid. Yeah. So mm. we, we've got WordPress, which solves all of those issues, but it's very technical. ClickFunnels came along and you could suddenly build these, drag and drop. It was really simple. And it was. Processing, all of that. It is. Sick. And, you know, it came out five or six years ago. And at the time, it was revolutionary. Really was. Completely revolutionary. You didn't have to have a tech team. Then I realized right here in the center is this gap of opportunity where no one is serving it. There's like Thrive Cart and Cart Flows, but you're still adding plugins and themes and, and all these things. And you still need developers and you still need a lot of tech. So I was like, hang on a second, let me try something. So I went out and I hired a full-time dev team of about five people. And we started building ClickFunnels on WordPress effectively. So we started saying, mm. how can we build sales funnels, membership sites, blogs, actual websites that can rank on WordPress, but with zero code. So every day we started taking code out. So now drop funnels mm. is the world's first and only way to create unlimited membership sites, funnels, your actual website, blog posts, and actually rank those sales funnels in Google to get free organic leads and sales, cut your traffic cost down. Usually we see between 20 and 30%, your cost per lead will decrease. So I'm making you more money that way. Plus we're half the price of the base plan of ClickFunnels. In every way, here's my big hairy audacious promise. Uh, anyone who's using DropFunnels or moving from Kajabi, Kartra, ClickFunnels, any of them, you will make more money end of the day guaranteed on DropFunnels than any other platform, period. 
for, for the, if you run the same traffic, same, like if, if it's a, everything is the same except one's one place and one's the other, you're going to make more. That's your problem. In fact, we have uh, a one click ClickFunnels import. So this took three, three months to develop. You can import a, put a, your URL, it'll copy it into Drought Funnels, run a speed test back and forth, and you're going to cut your time in half and mm. literally start sending traffic. Go ahead and split it. You're going to find your cost per lead goes down, your cost per acquisition goes down, your rankings go up. And look, it's not ClickFunnels fault. They, they're, I don't know if they ever thought that they would be this big. Right? Well, you know, it's interesting. I'd love to, I'd love to just have you and Russell on the show at the same time and just moderate a debate. I think it'd be so funny. Um, actually, I, I think probably it. more, more Todd Dickerson would be good. You and Todd, but okay. So I, I do have a question for you though. Yep. Cause I, I want to know how this, and I'm, this is, this is me confirmation bias all the way. Like I see your ads. I see groove people, ever, all my friends hopping on the groove train, the drop funnel stand, whatever. I'm like, you're dead to me. Right. Like no offense. I mean, I love you, dude. And, and I get I, it. I, I get hope it. you have success. Russell's my boy. All right. <laughs> um, so here's, but, here's, here's the but, thing but, about that. Too. Yeah, go ahead, please. I want to, I want to finish the thought here. Okay. Is it a plugin to WordPress? Is it built on WordPress with your software? Yeah. Oh, like how does that work? Because like WordPress is its own freestanding platform and so is ClickFunnels. So like what, how is it, is that working with, how does it connect with WordPress? Yep. It's a common question we get. So okay. it's, it's an all in one. So you sign up and old school WordPress, you'd have to get servers and domains and C panels and, and everything on all this tech hooked up in 30 seconds. You have an account that has everything dialed in, no code, no tech, nothing. So you don't add this to an existing WordPress. We are where your hosting is included, your order confirmation emails, your checkout forms, your funnels, your memberships, everything is all in one. So, so it's not, you're not actually building as the saying, like click funnels or sales funnels on WordPress. You are building sales funnels on a platform that has the same um, assets or benefits as the WordPress does, right? So here, here's the, the comparison. So ClickFunnels is built on a, a framework as far as I'm aware it's based on, it's called Ruby on Rails. Okay. Ruby on Rails is the name of the framework. Okay. We're built on the WordPress framework, which just Got happens it. to be the most popular framework okay. on the planet, right? Okay. And so okay. because of that, we have all the plugins loaded in. We've got all the, uh, we've had to, we're doing what WordPress has never done. No one has ever built completely drag and drop funnels and everything into WordPress. Into a WordPress. Right. So now Rail, we've, uh, the core. Yeah. So they're built on Ruby on Rails. We're built on WordPress. Got it. The thing about WordPress is because it's got hundreds of thousands of developers working on the core of WordPress. We're not like a groove funnels or whatever, which we could get into that. And I'll tell you why I don't see that uh, doing. I, ClickFunnels is clearly crushing. Anyone moving to groove, don't well, know what you're doing. Yeah. Well, uh, that's just a joke. But it's not, it's a total joke. Yeah. It's not, it's, so it's not a SaaS platform. It's a Word, it's a WordPress infrastructure that on top of it, we've built everything you need for sales funnels, memberships, blogs, word, you know, sites. But, but none of what you're building, you're not building on something that's owned by WordPress, meaning WordPress doesn't own any part of, of no. what you're doing, right? Okay. WordPress is open source, yeah. So, so now I want to go marketing angles with you because now this is, let's, you and I want to talk as marketers here for a second. Love okay? it. I'm a, I'm a fan of Russell, right? I study his stuff. I go to his events. I'm friends with him and I have read a lot of the stuff that, you know, he talks about and how he built ClickFunnels. 
the comparison a lot of times of what you know we talk about is in category kings, right? The category king of things. And so you have Apple, which essentially came in, they threw rocks through rocks through rocks at Microsoft, and then eventually like they surpassed and then they basically were like, okay, you're irrelevant. Now we're gonna go do our own thing. And they kind of stopped that. And I understand that's probably what you're trying to do with them. But there's a category king and then there's everybody else. Russell and ClickFunnels seem to be the category king of sales funnels. How do are a, are you creating your own market? Are you trying to dethrone them? What are you doing that is fundamentally different? Like to me, it just seems like, and once again, I'm, this is a, I'm not your ideal customer, right? Like I'm a diehard ClickFunnels fan. So yeah, I might fit your, you know, the demographic of, oh, marketer, this person, this person, but like you have to be massive before I make a switch, right? Because that's, that's I'm not your person, right? But from an outside looking in, I'm like, you're offering me a better funnel. You're not offering me anything fundamentally different. Right, I understand there's the WordPress side of it. Where's your market? Are you trying to dethrone click funnels? Are you trying to become a category king in your own market? Like, what are you doing? Yeah, so uh, a couple things there. First of all, you'd be shocked to know that Russell Brunson isn't even using click funnels. I'm not gonna to, make. I'm not gonna make a comment on that. Oh, okay. Well, go to marketingsecrets.com. What's it built on? I, I don't know. WordPress funnel hubs. What are they built on? WordPress. They have ClickFunnels as the consumer tool. And then they have their, what they're really teaching. It's in, it's in his books that uh, I've got this interesting screenshot where he says, building on WordPress is the way to rank. And then you link to your funnels. In mm -hmm. our case, we eliminated that need mm -hmm. where you have it all built into one. Mm -hmm. um, so we've actually had quite a, I got to be careful in terms of who I out, but <laughs> a, a lot, a lot of the people who have been edified in the ClickFunnels marketplace are now on DropFunnels. Mm. And I see their accounts every, a lot of these names, anyone would be like, holy crap, I can't believe they're on DropFunnels. I probably shouldn't just for the sake of this, but we'll put up all their logos on the front page. People would be shocked to find how many people mm. are learning. From, here's my, here's my voice. Learn from Russell but build on WordPress and DropFunnels is the easiest way to build on WordPress, period. Mm. And if you're building your, your business on ClickFunnels, the software, not Russell, right. he's, a, he's a brilliant belief builder and he's in so intelligent. Same. He's incredible. So here's my thing, Josh. You are a Russell Brunson fan. You're not a ClickFunnels fan. Yep, but... but oh, wait, you just said yes. Yes. Because yes. it does not serve your business. The tool itself... <sighs> If Russell wasn't connected to it, you would not use it. No one else would. It would be but, another. Okay, but let's, but, let's another go, but let's go back. But, but, but here's the thing. The fact of the matter is, and I love this conversation. The fact of the it. matter is, is that it is tied to him, right? And it, it, like, that's, like, you can't separate the two because that is part of what makes ClickFunnels ClickFunnels, right? Just like, so, I, and I don't know, once again, I haven't looked into your stuff enough. I just see your ads. I would assume that you're, you're tying your face. You're the attractive character of drop funnels. Is that, is that accurate? Just for lack of, of anyone else doing it. Just because I'm for, most passionate. For now. Yeah. So sure. will, you, will you build as group, I mean, as a drop funnels grows, do you plan to remove yourself as the attractive character and go more, uh, less initial front facing you, like get, get other people involved in it? So there's already quite a few people like, uh, for example, like Brian Page, for example, B&B Formula, right? He's moved into drop funnels as well. Mike Dillard, for example, is an active, very vocal pro proponent of it. So we try to like have our people who are using it be the, be the hero, right? We want them okay. to win. So, um, okay. but, so I'm, not, I'm not trying to do 
You're not trying to be the Russell Brunson of ClickFunnels. No, so ClickFunnels is an education company with the software attached. Really, it's what, they, it's what that is. Um, whereas, you know, for I us, so many we're thoughts. just- <laughs> Okay. But here's, here's the thing. And this yeah. is what most people, by the way, it's like um, when Russell brought Todd to the table, right? And so, by the way, like there's lots of other competitors. We're, we're, we're competing One of many. Kartra, Kajabi, Groove. I'll give you credit right. where credit is due. If I were to say, what's the number, like who's the next person down? Like who's the most successful competitor of ClickFunnels? The first, the first one that pops in my head is DropFunnels. I'll give you that, okay? So where we're at, and, so and well at done. Top of, you're at the top of our funnel. We'll get well there done. Eventually. Well done. And maybe you will, but it's going to be, Russell have to mess up. I'm telling you up, man. But here, okay. But, but, but wait, you just said Russell. You didn't say ClickFunnels. Right, because they're, they're hand in hand. They are. Here, okay, I'll tell you what. Russell Your sells ClickFunnels. is tied. You're 100% right. It's You've not been, logical. It's the not. The Kool-Aid is deep in your system. 100%. You just... And here's the deal. Look at this. I got all his books. Every one of them. Honored esque Every single one. I've got the box but sets. I've got his what? copywriters. But, I, but again, John. <laughs> Here we go. What part of those <laughs> books require you to use ClickFunnels? Not one of them. Not one. One. Not one. Not one. Not it's one. This, it's an obligation, man. I tell you what, Russell changed my life. Therefore, he tells me to buy ClickFunnels. Russell could tell me to go. I don't know. I don't know. But, so okay, we, but, we but, see. We see. Oh, this, I, I, I understand. Right? I understand. I understand. I understand. But here's and the so deal. That's what we're fighting, by the way. But, that but is Russell, our, our biggest thing. Exactly. It yeah. is what you're fighting, which is why I want to talk about it. Because... Yeah. I'm not, what I don't get is how, and keep in mind, dude, I massively have massive amounts of respect for what you're trying to do. All right. I'm like, to me, and this is what it seems like to me, it's like you're starting a clothing company and trying to take on Nike. I mean, obviously it's not that big. It's not, you know, that thing, but what I don't get is I'm like, what's the plan? What's the, how are you doing it? Because to me, it just seems like, you know, Russell's talked about this. Oh, this person's going to be the next click funnel killer. This person. And he's like, I just ignore them all because it's like, we're the category king. They're irrelevant. Right. And I'm like, in order to dethrone, if you will, click funnels, you can't, you can't really attack them. And I'll tell you, when I listen to your ads and stuff like that, I hear a lot of similar lingo that click funnels used at the beginning. So, and, and maybe it works well for you. That's great. But what I don't get is, are you trying to dethrone click funnels or are you trying to create your own market? And Great question. And I want okay, to totally address that. Yeah. So first yeah. of all, a lot of the ads are written by the ad team, right? We have an ad team. Right. So I'm like, I know it's not you, right? right? So <laughs> like right. I'll shoot videos if they want it, but I'm kind of just like, you know, doing our thing. So our, right, right. we have no, I, I would be supremely disappointed because I've seen this happen time and time and time again. When you have a specific goal to just beat somebody and you win, how disappointing it really feels. Right? <laughs> then once you beat them, then you got, then you fall apart because then you have yeah. no goal. Yeah. Right. It was like when, when I wanted to make, like make more than my parents or whatever, and that happened, I was like depressed. Like, wait a sec, I'm not any better. Any <laughs> and then you have to always have new goals. So no, our goal is not to dethrone click funnels. Hi. I have zero. I want everyone to know I have zero against Russell Brunson, freaking king of the market. There's no doubt about it in my mind yes, at all. He is. His education is bar none, some of the best period. That's just the fact. Now, if what, cause I was a click, I was in there, man. I actually, uh, last year I was, I had a, and we don't need to talk about it, but yeah, there's, uh, I don't want the click funnels user base. Actually, you said it once. I saw it in a video. You're like, don't sell to click funnels users. We suck. That was exactly what you said. That's uh, yeah, hundred percent. Right. We well, suck. Awful. Yeah. Let Russell okay. sell to them. <laughs> I know. 
Yeah. So I do not want the ClickFunnels user base necessarily because it's a lot of like, it was an MLM. It was a multi-level marketing software platform and Groove is kind of copying them. Right. And so that's, that's okay. why they're going. That I way. do want to push back on that a little bit. Wait, and, let me finish. Let me okay. finish. Let All right. Finish. All okay. right. Go ahead. So go ahead. in, in the affiliate space, right? So right. when people didn't have a business, they were, you know, really pushing the affiliate program. Right. And so we've learned from that. We're completely disconnected. We have an affiliate program, but we're completely disconnected from that. It's not multi-tier. You don't earn by recruiting people to sell the same product, which mm -hmm. is two levels is multi-level, right? But uh, there's a lot of like affiliate stealing and that kind of stuff. And a lot of kind of newbies in the market. We are not going for newbies. There's a lot of drama there for sure. A lot of differentiators, right? So yeah. we're going for a higher caliber client um, that has an existing business, has an existing funnel, has existing courses, and we help them to decrease their ad spend, increase conversions, increase ranking in Google almost instantly. Um, if you run a side-by-side -side comparison in every single metric, drop funnels versus click funnels wins, period. I could stake my name on it. I could come on here and take anyone's funnel and run but it side-by-side. Like, but it, it wins 100% like, of the time. But, but, but I want to go back to the original question of like, so you're not trying to dethrone click funnels, what category are you trying to create? Because like in a, in a side by side, listen, in a side by side comparison, Android beats iPhone in a lot of ways in a side by side comparison, right? Zero chance I ever leave iPhone. I'm an Android guy. I'm a See, PC guy. Okay. Well, that, you're just weird, right? Like why, who does that? Right? But here's the thing in a side by side comparison, Android beats iPhone in a lot of ways, but the, culture, identity, and the lot of uh, non-logical non things around iPhone is why people buy iPhone. And it's why we pay, I don't know, I pay like 1200 bucks for this stupid thing, right? So what are, like what- Wait, are you Android are you? or iPhone? I'm you're iPhone. Not, iPhone all day long. Oh, a Mac, iPhone, Apple. Apple is the only company, and I know people are like, oh, horse. Apple's the only company I've never, ever, ever been disappointed in buying one of their products. I just yeah. bought a brand new five, four and a half thousand dollar MacBook Pro, tricked it all out, came in, it's like the most beautiful piece of machine I've ever used. Like you can't get me off of it. And it's not necessarily because Windows couldn't do the same thing or a better job or whatever. It's like, I'm just never leaving Apple, right? And it's like the same thing with ClickFunnels, it's tied to a person. So if Russell were to sell and leave the company, would I probably leave? That, that's how you'll get me. Russell sells the company and leaves ClickFunnels, Maybe I'll come. Okay. But, but yep. what I'm trying to understand is Russell's pitch at the beginning of ClickFunnels, which is different now when they started was basically, Hey, listen, you can cancel everything else. It's this all in one platform where you can achieve this thing. Right. What, some of the ads, I know it's not the ads that you, I mean, you're not responsible for the copy. Some of your ads say very similar things in that. I don't care if what one ad says, I want to know from you, Where's the direction that you're going? What is, like, what's the goal? Is it to be the all-in-one best funnel building platform? Is it to be the all-in-one, like, what is it? Because to me, it seemed all-in-one best funnel plat building platform was cl a ClickFunnels pitch. Is that your pitch? Is it a better ClickFunnels? Is it a, is it a fundamentally different thing than ClickFunnels? Mm. What is it that you're trying to, like, where are you going with it? Yeah, so uh, I'd say the best comparison is that we are the Tesla in a car market. Okay. We don't need to like reinvent the market or the niche. There are people who are unsatisfied with the status quo, like with what exists, right? Okay. And so we are in that same sense, we are the Apple in an Android market. And ClickFunnels in this case would be the Android market. 
the, the Android of the, the phone the market. market leader, right? Yeah, the market leader of the, okay. All right. So there is significant competitive advantage to being first to market, right? But then from that, there's a lot of other SaaS platforms that, that have popped up. I'll beat them all day. Like, and it's not an opinion. Every data, every piece of metric, every, at the end of the day, it depends on what you care about. Do you want to equate, you know, uh, your connection to ClickFunnels with Russell or do you want to make more money? Because period, every metric, every test, every split across the board, sticking my name on it every time DropFunnels wins. You will make more money on DropFunnels using, use Russell's, I'm not an education guy, right? I'm not doing courses, I'm not really doing events, I'm not doing any of that. I'm saying if you move from uh, well, I have to, I have to preface that because we are not going to be like all things to all men, right? We're not going right, to be an affiliate right. platform. You can add that on top. We're not an autoresponder. They've actually, ClickFunnels came out and said, we wish we wouldn't have done that. Yeah, no kidding. That's the one complaint I have. That's the one thing that I will say it's about mess, ClickFunnels. Right? And, and delusional Josh over here still, still works with it. Right. And I, and we may, and we do, but I, so I we're, we're, starting to, we're starting to break you down a little bit. In no, you are not delineating because <laughs> you're because I'm you open can, about it. I'm open about still, it. I'm open. You, you can still go to FHL. You can still buy the books. You can still go to the courses. You can do all that. Um, but you could be on Kartra if that's what you want. You could be on Kajabi if you wanted. You could be on Dropinals. You could be on anything could. and still learn from that. So it's like that separation is the same thing as saying, um, you know, but for me, I, like, I'll be on your side on this sense that I love Elon so much that I bought the car because I was so excited about what he's doing. Right. I bought the flamethrower because he said it was cool. Yeah. You, you want the car exactly. because he said it. Yeah. Right. It's the belief. It's the synapses connect. We're connecting click funnels to Russell Brunson, Elon Musk to Tesla, you know, uh, any other charismatic, Steve jobs to Apple. Right. Right. If you separate those two things out, I can be a Steve jobs fan and still use Android. So, right? so you're saying, and Ooh, Russell, I know you're probably listening. I love you, dude. I'm an interviewer first here, right? I, I'm, I'm a podcaster here, right? As I, I got to ask these questions because I'm going to have Russell on. Russell agreed to a, a multiple hour um, interview talk, Atlas Shrugged, um, which will be super fun because we had him talk Ooh. about his new book, Traffic Secrets, and he's coming back on. And I finally convinced him to come back on just to talk something besides funnels. I was like, dude, we got to come on. It's like, all right, Atlas Shrugged. Anyway, you're essentially saying, from what it sounds like, Hey, listen, Russell has the belief, the visionary thing of an Elon Musk, of a Steve Jobs, things like that. The problem is, is that Apple's products are actually super good. Tesla's products are actually super good, but ClickFunnels ain't that good of a product. I don't know who would, who would argue against that. If anyone, anyone listening saying, hey, no, that's not true. It's actually a fantastic product. I don't, I don't know if you would. Would you say that? Would you say Tesla's great, Apple's great? I say Tesla's great, Apple's great. ClickFunnels is the best product. I don't. Down. It, but here's the thing: I haven't, I haven't used anything else. Exactly. I you have no split test. You've never right. done a split. You're right. on the losing side of a split test. And maybe so, but it's making me money, and I love it. And and it's it's and that's where I'm like. And here's the thing, dude. I think. And this is me being, you know, like we're having an open conversation here. You do your business. I'm not telling you how to run your business. I think where it's so fascinating to me is like most businesses, like it's more important to have the elements of just like diehard fans than it is to have a good, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I think you need to have a good product. And Super I think that, true. 
I, I think that ClickFunnels is, okay, I, and I have openly admitted this, you know, ClickFunnels isn't the perfect product by, by any stretch of the imagination. We know that. I've had my own frustration with them. It's why I pay for their priority support, right? But at the same time, I'm like, ClickFunnels gives me everything that I need. I know exactly what's there. I'm educated on that. And I am so far into the belief that Russell's not going to give me a platform that's not, that's not going to serve me. It might not be perfect, but it's going to like, and I'm, I'm so far into the belief of him. And, and maybe you're just not far enough along that. Maybe I'm not close enough to the action, but I feel like that identity, that, that delusional support of I will give you money no matter what is, is lacking in all of ClickFunnels competitors. And you're a competitor of ClickFunnels, so I'm going to loop you, you know, categorize you into that, knowing that mm -hmm. I'm, once again, kind of far away from the action. Maybe it's just because you're not you know, big enough yet. I, I don't know the reason, but to me, you're competing on, could be wrong, but you're competing on features and benefits and the fact that you have a logical explanation to why your product is better. And I'm the perfect example why logic doesn't matter when I'm making a buying decision, which well, is people, crazy because I'm a logical person, right? Yeah. So, so people make decisions based on emotion and justify with logic, logic right? hundred percent. So that's, that's also partially why our game plan is not to tie in this emotional game. But here's the thing, what, what you're expressing, what you're describing about yourself is the exact same version of that far, in your particular case, far left person who is so deep rooted in <laughs> that they will not change no matter how logical you're like, but here's the logic, here's the facts. You, you, you are insane. You, you have no idea what, like, look at this data, look at the proof. And they're like, no, I will never change. This is what I believe. This is why I believe it. Russell, you're the leader of the democratic party. and I'm a Democrat now. Oh no. <laughs> but see, I, I, again, it's like, that's, uh, a good, that's a good comparison by the way, though. That's, I like yeah. that. That's funny. So by, by, by the way, we just launched in February, right? So ClickFunnels has been around for like six years. Yeah, five, this is our first year, yeah. year in business. Um, we're growing extremely fast, uh, but, but not like GrooveFunnels fast where they're like, Hey, we got a hundred thousand free accounts. Now we have a hundred thousand users. We've been click funnels. What like, a come on. Complete joke. Um, <laughs> I, I just like lost all respect for that. I still have tremendous respect for the entire ClickFunnels ecosystem for Russell, for the whole, for the whole team and all that. Just next level smart. Yeah. But, um, zero respect for that over there where it's like straight up marketing baloney, right? It's co complete lies. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. So. Uh, I believe in fast up, fast down, slow up, slow down. So we're just on this, on this nice pace, getting tons of legitimate attention from, uh, from big people in the industry. Again, I can't expose the names of the people who are. On well, the I, I mean, I, have, I will say this, we're having a conversation about it. And I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not huge, 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 but like I'm, I'm homies with Russell, right? I'm homies with all the people over there at ClickFunnels and we're sitting here having a conversation about it. So you're doing something right. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And you know, we've, we've been on with, with Spencer Meekum and quite a few other people in the, in the space. And uh, again, that's one of the biggest things that, that I find. And what, by the way, initially it annoyed me, but it was like, I've had multiple conversations with people saying, no, I can't switch because I'm trying to get a two comma club award. I'm like, wait a second. You are willing to look at the data and objectively say, I am willing to forego this to get this award because you're identified or you're trying to speak on the stage or whatever. Matt Russell is a master belief builder in that sense that he says that if you're on ClickFunnels, you'll make a million dollars where it's only happened for like 0.07% of, the, of right. the users or whatever. Well, it's so funny because I've made a million dollars not using ClickFunnels, but 
using what ClickFunnels has taught, as you have said, right? Sure. Um, you know, and most of my, like, I would say like 80% of my transactions are collected through PayPal, right? Um, I mean, yeah. most of my clients are 10 to $25,000 a pop, right? I'm not running that through a, hey, go to my landing page and swipe your credit card. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. just send me some money, Yeah, no, right? no one's doing that. I right. mean, there was a guy who, who sold a million dollar house and he got the two comma club award and he went bankrupt the next, the next month. It's stupid, right, right. And so- and, I also and, have another friend, by the way, who got, who got the, the bigger award, the $10 million, literally was not through a funnel because I was in that business. I know everything about it. Had nothing to do with ClickFunnels at all. And that's- Here did. Didn't use the software and went backstage and said, hey, here's my thing. I got $10 million. They're like, all right, great. I'm getting on the stage. So, so here's your deal. And, and I want to be very clear on this. Like, I'm not, I don't hold Russell or ClickFunnels responsible for the craziness that people go into awards. I think that they need to be aware of it. I think that they, and I, I do believe they're doing a better job now, um, but like they need to do a much better job of making sure that they're ethical and correct. But you should not be using ClickFunnels just so that you can get an award because I, as we can clearly see during this conversation, am the biggest ClickFunnels fan, right? Like I am a diehard, right? Like for sure. But I haven't even sent in my thing for the two comma club award yet because I'm like, it's pretty like guys, like if that's what you're doing this marketing thing for, it's just, you're just stupid, right? Like I've made a million bucks, but like be ethical. It wasn't through ClickFunnels. So I didn't submit it on there. Right. And it was, you know, it was through PayPal or through whatever. And so I do think that there is some, there's a negative side to it as well. Right. And there's a negative side and you're probably going to avoid a lot of the drama that, that goes with that. I don't hold Russell or, or the leaders of ClickFunnels personally responsible for how people manipulate it. Just like I wouldn't hold you responsible for it. I do hold people like Groove Funnels responsible for the stupidity that what they're claiming. Cause that's just downright stupid. But, um, I forget where we were going with that conversation, but, um, yeah, yeah so, I, I understand what you're saying. And again, like it, it, it spiraled out of control. It, it's, it's humongous. He's a master belief builder in that regard. So for us, we have zero desire to say like, Hey, everyone, um, just get an account and you're going to make a million bucks. We're not making those fun. We're not doing any one funnel away stuff. We're not doing any of that. We're saying point blank for anyone who cares about your business making money. This is the platform to build on. That's it. Do not you about th- education, not about funnel flicks, not about, not about like all the stuff that Karcher's doing on their side or grew funnels on their side or right. that we're saying point blank. And like we get messages every day because there's a learning curve with drop funnels with, you know, we've really simplified anyway, WordPress. Yeah. There's going to be a, a learning curve. I just got one from this guy who's actually, who's a pretty huge big time marketer. Um, he's like, I just decided I'm going to go in and learn it. I need to learn it. Um, and now I did. And let me give you the, let me give you the exact quote. Yeah. Because I think it was actually, I, and I won't, I won't share. No, that's fine. Um, I'd be curious to know the quote. His, his, his name or whatever, but, uh, Hang on, it's, it's right in the I know you're good. Facebook group here. Um, but yeah, essentially he was saying that uh, it just made such a difference to him. He said, I just forced myself to learn the platform, which took some work and a couple late nights, but I love it now. It's leaps and bounds better than anything else I've ever used and I've fallen completely in love with drop funnels. I'm going to get a second account for my personal brand stuff. Thank you for following up. So mm. um, it's, it's an example of every time someone comes in and they learn it, they realize it's like I broke free. Dude, I had to have that my own moment. I was deep in the ClickFunnels affiliate culture at one I rem- point. Yeah, I remember. Like I, have, I yeah, didn't know you, you at that. the time, but I, I know lots of people have told me that about you. Yeah. Yeah, and, I, and obviously like that, it was a phase. I, just like we've been talking about, everyone learns, everyone grows, everyone changes. 
that was a phase of my life. And once I got out, I was like, holy crap, I was blinded. I was, I was drowning in the sea of naivete that that's the way to make money online where I realized, wait a second, for my entire past, I've been building on WordPress and doing things with legitimacy and, and doing things what, by the way, top marketers are not using sales phone builders, Nike, Amazon. Oh, right, or, or, right. Right, it's like big brands are not using sales funnel builders. They're building on WordPress. Tony so, Robbins, Neil Patel, uh, Brian Dean. He's like, none of them are on, on, on sales funnel builders. So do you think that your, your pitch enough of, because essentially what I'm hearing from you, a very simplified version of your pitch is, yo, listen, if you're a serious marketer, you look at the data and we beat you, we beat everybody else on data, hands down every, every, you know, every, every day of the week. Right. Do you think that there is enough there to build a legitimate business? And by legitimate, I mean like an actual behemoth of hundred million plus business, let's call it right. Um, let's just call it the benchmark and our, a real company that investors and would be in, you could go public with, whatever. is there enough there to build without adding the education piece to it, without adding some like strictly based off of, we are literally better based on data alone, based on logic, based on the actual facts. Is there enough there to build a legitimate company with it? Or do, do other elements have to come into play before you get there? So, I mean, again, we don't share how many users we have, but we're already pretty big in our first year. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's the exact same logic so our our audience is the digital marketer audience it's not the click funnels audience right right, right. Mm -hmm. digital marketer people they're like what is the best tool that gives us the best results for our particular business i just switched from send grid to send in blue for example mm. and our our metrics are improving our deliverability and our open mm. rates are improving it's good enough like okay so i should go to send in blue i don't care about who the leader is or the ceo facebook ads we got shut down just like everyone else does right i moved to to YouTube for, for some stuff. And all of our numbers stayed about the same, sometimes better, sometimes worse, depends. I don't care if it's Mark or how much I love Mark or whatever. It's data-driven decisions instead of emotive-based decisions. So, mm. so for us, while I actually have no desire to be as big as ClickFunnels is, not in any short amount of time, right? Because mm. I don't wanna pretend like beating ClickFunnels is the benchmark or like, what is it? It's, uh, I think Kajabi did like 250 million last year. Oh, they're, really? not, they're not doing more than ClickFunnels, but that's a massively right. sellable and legitimate business model, right? Right. So, and when you get that big, you have all the problems that come with it. So we are for, uh, we're really intended for marketers who care about numbers and results. Not, so, there, but there is, some, there is some belief aspect of that. You have to believe that what I'm telling you is true. Right. And, and that, if and you I don't think, believe me, you won't change, you know? And, and I think that's where I, so that's why, like Russell led, I mean, this is essentially Russell's business model. And I mean, he's been pretty open about it. Hey, listen, we got this product. How the frick do we sell it? Right. And it was cool. Create the belief, tell the stories, future based cause. You know, it's, it's expert secrets, right? I mean, he, he lays it out in the blueprint, right? Like, where, where are we going? How do we self identify? Who are we going to throw rocks at? How are we, like, that was his whole process of going. And so it was an, an incredibly belief educational based selling of a software company. I think they very much, whenever you say, what kind of type of company are you? They're like, no, we are a software company first, even though what, like you said, how oh, they're really a, 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 an educational company. And one could argue that they say they're a software company. So but yeah. like they have, 
they have this education piece with it. They've created this movement, this loyalty. What I'm saying is, is right now your pitch at the beginning, your, I mean, you're a multiple seven figure company. You just got an offer for multi seven figures. So you're at least worth that. Right. And you're, you're, you're going and you're growing. Right. So let's say you get to eight figures or even, you know, multi eight figures or whatever it is, you're making $50 million a year with, with this, right. At that point, is there some point though, where you're going to eat up the market of legitimate, um, purely Alex Becker, Sam Ovens type of just truly data-driven type of people and have to start to pull in some of that identity, start up, start up that movement, some of that future-based cause that Russell leads out with? Or can you strictly, and I'm not saying to, to copy after Russell, I mean, use whatever. He's your competitor, so it's, I don't want to be like, you have to incorporate his stuff. But like those type of elements that large brands typically often involve, is there a point where you have to start incorporating that in? Or do you think you can grow it strictly data-driven? So I, I want to refer you to, and maybe take a note of it. You're going to love it specifically. Okay. Watch the full version. There's a shortened version of it as well from Charlie Munger called The Psychology of Human Misjudgment. Psychology, Psychology of, human. of Human. Anyone who's here, if you happen to be a ClickFunnels user and you're, as Josh self-mentioned, drinking the Kool-Aid, you're in the, drinking you're that in Kool-Aid, the boy. you're in it, you love it, it tastes well, great. Psychology right? of what? The Psychology of Human Misjudgment. All right, writing it down. And Charlie Munger is explaining this concept of the biggest errors that people face and why they follow specific charismatic characters and that type of thing as well. It's going to be, it's really going to help to, to define it. So what your question predicates is that um, in order to build a successful company, you must have those elements. That's Whereas essentially what you, I'm asking. Yeah. When you break out of that, you realize Nike is just selling shoes. There's no massive belief in there. Amazon is selling e-commerce products, uh, Dodge and Ford and, or, or whatever. And, and all that, there's no movement. There's no character they're, they're selling. Wow. That's a method to use. What I'm, what I am saying is that your question is predicated on the belief that's already been built in you, that you must have those elements to grow a large business. Whereas once you escape the internet marketing space, which I feel like I've done and I'm not Right. You're not an internet marketer, right. You're fighting hard to get out of it. Dude, your refund rates, your chargeback rates drop, your, your revenue increases, your profit increases, the networks that you have available to you, the market you have available to you is so much bigger outside of the internet marketing, digital marketing space where that's just, as you mentioned, it's just this weird cult of just selling to each other. And we're all just transferring money from one person to another. I get hit up by some click funnels coaches who don't know who I am. And they're like, and I'm like, I, I, I'm not your customer dude. Right. And so, but when we break out, we see so dude, so much more opportunity, so much more potential, so much more growth, real money. There's a reason why everyone keeps saying like click funnels is going to sell. They're never going to sell. Cause I don't think there's a buyer because they can't, mm disassociate that belief aspect of Russell. Russell can never leave ClickFunnels. ClickFunnels would crush, right? Because Russell's the product. So, Well, I, I do think there's an element to that, yeah. yeah. I, if, Russ, if Russell sells ClickFunnels and then dips, yeah. So the question out, is, is, right? is that enough reason? Is that enough rationale in your mind to say, if, it's an if-then statement, if right. Russell leaves, I leave ClickFunnels, what am I really buying? Russell, really 100%, buying Russell. and I know that. Well, okay, but so I, I would, I would, 
counter what you said there. I think that in some of the companies you mentioned, Ford, Chevy, things like that, they're not so much creating a movement. Yes, they are though. Like, like here's the thing, dude. I, and this where I would disagree with you, Nike for sure has the elements of identity and movement and brand and everything that we're talking about and Russell talks about in Expert Secrets. All of their attractive characters, there's not one person. It's LeBron James and Tom, well, Tom Brady's Under Armour, you know, uh, LeBron James and every other Nike person, you know, sports person that is for Nike is are the attractive characters. And the identity, I mean, dude, I grew up a country boy, okay? Like big farm, I mean, like farming, big lifted truck, camouflage interior, guns in the background. It is a, are you a Chevy, Ford, or Dodge person? Because if you're a Ford and I'm a Dodge, screw you, get out of my, you know, get out of my hay field, right? Like get out of here, right? So I'm like, there is that sense of identity in there. There is that sense of it all in there. And it's not just, we have a better vehicle, right? It's not, right? And anybody that would come in and try to challenge any of those by saying we have a better vehicle would lose. It's why Elon Musk did not come in and build a better vehicle. He literally built a fundamentally different vehicle, right? It's, there's a whole different movement behind it. And there's nobody that can look at Elon Musk and Tesla and say, there's no aspect of brand there or loyalty or a movement or belief. It's all there. All of everything that Russell talks about. And, and I'm going to use Russell because he's the educator that we're talking about here. Everything that he says in Expert Secrets, I see in Nike and in Tesla and to a certain extent, probably less now, it's why they're failing, Dodge and Ford and, you know, and, you know uh, GM. And so to me, I just look at it and I go, don't get me wrong. I'm fascinated to watch the next several years of, of drop funnels and see what it comes out to. I mean, I'm, I'm a lifelong learner, man. I hope, I mean, no, I don't hope you get me over there cause I'm a lifelong Russell fan, but like, <laughs> Hey, if you get me over to you by all means, dude, like props, right. I'm, I love the market. I love yeah. competition, but I, yeah. I just, where I think I disagree is I don't think people buy on data alone. I, I think there's a percentage of them. And I feel like it's those people that are like typically like me, but, not in this case because you know I'm delusional. Um, that are like, I'm I'm over the drama. I just gotta look at the numbers. Like, what's actually gonna make me money? And those are the type of people you're gonna attract initially. But at some point, you gotta expand the market beyond that because those same people, and I'm the perfect I'm the perfect example of this. In some other aspect of their life, are being delusional fanboys because when it comes to politics and when it comes to like logic and I'm like, I'm the most logical data facts driven person when it comes to politics. But then when it comes to funnels and phones, I'm like delusional fanboy, you know, Elon so Musk is my hero and Russell's my, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's not, and again, I think that's, it's one of the, the, in the psychology of human misjudgment, which you'll love. Which I'm going I'm to, I can't watch it. Or is it but it's one of the mis- book? Uh, so there's a video, there's, video like, there's okay. several, but there's like an animation that's like 14 minutes long. Just look it up and it's like the shortened. 14, okay. Okay. And it's fantastic. But it's one of the human misjudgments. It's, this is like black and white type thing that yeah. I, we absolutely have to have some level of, of belief building where for, in our case, I'm not the hero. I'm not the mm. teacher. I'm not the educator. I'm not the brand. I'm building the tool where the customer is the, is the winner. And it's their story that we see people like, one guy came in, he's like, I just threw up a random page and I got a, I got a client within two days from organic traffic on, on Google somehow launching right away. One guy, almost every customer that we've seen that's actually done like split tests are like, it's the most profitable month. It's our, our lowest traffic cost month. We've, our CPA is cut in half. It's like all these stories of like where they are the, they really are the hero. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, so we have some of that built in. I'm just saying that I'm not the hero and I'm not, mm. I'm not the Jesus Christ figure, right? That's not my goal. 
I'm ushering in to expose people to, hey, if, if you can, if you look at your data and make a logical based decision based on what you believe, you don't have a choice. I think uh, if you listen to Mike Dillard's, I was on his podcast and he mentioned that in the very beginning. He's like, if you care about revenue in your business, you're going to end up on drop funnels <laughs> sooner or lever, uh, sooner or later because for, for one reason only, you don't have a choice. Hmm. And that's why I'm not rushing it. I'm not being impatient and why I'm not like everyone you need to move in. Everyone's going to be here no matter what. Well, and you don't need Eventually. to be needy if you believe in your product. I mean, I, I have no rush. It's like every, I mean, so many like click funnels or cartridge users are like, there's so many issues. I can't get support. Whereas our support will respond in minutes instead of hours or days. That's where, a big one. Or like if the software goes down, which happens by the way to all software, all so Facebook goes down. Um, instead of days of it being dead, we're on it in a minute. We have some of the best hosting on the planet um, where people have issues. We're there to help them. We'll jump on calls with people. We're half the price. We're twice the value. We're unlimited everything. And so for, if, for any person who can make that mental separation, that miss, that human misjudgment about I have to equate my emotive decision and I can move anywhere towards the logic and database side, there's no choice and it's going to happen inevitably. So Josh, you will eventually be on drop funnels. All right. Well, you call your shot. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. I feel like right now is the time where I get my first brand deal and I go, Hey, click funnels. We've got this ad. I mean, we got this podcast coming up where it's literally your competitor just, you know, just destroying you. You want to run an ad right now and here's where we cut to it. Click. And it's like a click funnels <laughs> ad right now. Don't worry. I'm not going to do that. But I feel like that would be so funny. Have you seen that, uh, with uh what's his oh face? uh between two ferns yes with, yeah uh, with that galvanized yeah, galvanized, yeah. yeah. Wait, with hillary and then he, yeah. goes, and he goes wait wait, wait miss, mrs clinton wait miss clinton hold on we have to play a message from our sponsor click yeah. donald trump pops up on <laughs> oh, there dude. just destroys her it and just then, kills me and oh then, it's so it, funny it, it, she's like why would you do that yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah i know i feel like that's <laughs> how right straight here. face she is yeah. right right no but right. but I, and i want i want to make it so exceptionally clear before the click funnels lawyers sick themselves on me right i know <laughs> uh, like we're we're talking about click funnels specifically because you are the interviewer and right, you are on right. click funnels and that's where your belief lies right i would have the exact same conversation with mike same over at groove or with whoever's behind kartra or whoever's behind kajabi and uh, all these people whose users were siphoning over to getting them better results, I would just say, I, I have nothing against these people personally or anything against, I'm just saying the data shows, here's the proof between A and B. And then when you run A versus B, you cannot deny it if it was a blind split test between Pepsi and Coke and, and you went and you picked the best one or whatever, right? That's the difference. So again, Click funnels. We're only talking about click funnels, but there's a lot of other competitors. We're we're competing against WordPress. Literally, yeah, cl we're click funnels. Don't sue them. Don't sue them. Come out. It, it was my fault. Blame me. You can, yeah. Don't. Yeah. Let's not. Let's not go that. Uh, that yeah. <laughs> they've got. Right. They've got lots of money. All right. All right. Um, dude, I really appreciate you coming on here. This is a great conversation. Um, to kind of wrap it up, I want to do a little bit of rapid fire. Uh, let get to know you a little bit. Um. Typically we do like three or four, but I feel like we could do like maybe a little bit more than that here as we kind of wrap it up. Um, wh where are you Center. from? Like where, where are you living now? Uh, Osceola, Wisconsin. Oh, so you're still, still up in Wisconsin then? Still here, yep. Still here. You've been there your whole life? Nope, graduated from here, but we moved around. My dad was a church planter. He was kind of an entrepreneur in the 
spiritual sense, I guess. So he'd plant churches, pass them off to someone, and then mm. go and do that again. So oh, that's interesting. I was, I was born in Colorado Springs, or I was raised in Colorado Springs. No way, that's yeah. crazy. My brother, before he passed away, lived lived in Colorado Springs. Um, I'm an hour away, hour and a half away from there. I have uh, yeah. uh, my sister in law and nephew and niece are are still there, and so that's that's crazy. I love, um, I live there again in a heartbeat, dude. Awesome town. It's just the whole Denver, Colorado area out here is just nothing like it. I've, nothing it's I've exploding. Ever, it's huge. Well, I was in the Uber the other day coming back from dropping off the U-Haul because we just um, moved up here. And uh, the guy that was driving for U-Haul was, I mean, the guy that was driving for Uber was also a uh, real estate agent. And I asked him, I was like, what's the housing market like right now? He goes, they're estimating that there's roughly 750 people a day moving to Denver and the surrounding areas. The average uh, home value in Denver, in, inside of Denver right now, just um, surpassed $600,000. That's the average home price. It's insane right now. Crazy. Okay. Um, what's, uh, what's a lifelong, like, lifelong bucket list goal? Like something that you absolutely want to achieve in your life uh, that's going to take you your whole life to do? Dude, oh my whole life, jeez. But like, um, yeah, like what, like a, a big, like a big thing. I want to sell a company for a billion dollars. I want to maybe that won't take your whole life. I, I want to, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know, speak in front of a hundred or a million people audience. I don't know, some, some crazy big. Yeah, I've always wanted to sell a company for fifty million. Was 50 one, million. one aspect. Um, it's kind of short term goal. This is probably super nerdy. I've always wanted to go paragliding, and I can't find anywhere where I can go paragliding. But like, I've always had this uh, desire to fly, like just my own but like unencumbered by like technology and all that kind of stuff huh. really. So paragliding is one of the most realistic ways that you can fly. Um, so that's kind of a short-term goal I want to do. Um, my kind of middle range goals, I want to snowbird because I hate the winters here. And so actually in two weeks, I'll be going down to Florida. If there's any Orlando people and they want to hang out, I don't know when this will air or whatever, but we'll get a, have a get together. But I want to snowbird and just do, uh, you know, Florida in the winters and, and up here in the summers. I'm sorry, snowboard in Florida? Snow, snowbird. Snow, oh. So it's a, it's a phrase that? for people who leave in the winter and they go south. Yeah. Oh, 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 gotcha. Okay, Usually okay. old people do it, but I'm, I feel like I'm 33 going on 60. So I feel like I'm an old spirit. Man, I feel like I'm 26 going on 18 though. So I'm going the <laughs> other direction. I feel young all the time. Everyone's like freaking out. You're going to be 30 coming up. I'm like, I don't know. I feel like I'm still 18. So I feel like I'm going to be 18 until I'm like 80. And then I'll be 30 like, is right. good, bro. 30 is the new 20. Yeah, I've heard that Gary Vee says 40 is the new 20. So, yikes. Probably I don't know. He's 40. Probably because he's 40 and he wants to feel like he's 20 again. He tries That's to be right. cool so hard. He's on TikTok so hard right now. TikTok. Dude. All right. We got to talk about that in the last couple of minutes. Dude, here. they're shutting it down, right? I just no, saw that this morning. November uh, 11th, I think, yeah. or 13th. It's supposed to be banned. Like, you're not allowed to do bi- any business transactions, not running any ads on that WeChat as well. What's That's insane. Yeah, well, and I think they're, so they're only stopping downloads, but I'm, I'm guessing what's going to happen is after the election, Oracle won the bid to take it over for the U.S. Oracle's going to lobby but, the government. But did whatever, they, though, but, though? I, I heard that it didn't go through. Oh, I, I could be know. wrong. I couldn't, I could I be know. wrong on that. It was like they won the bid, but then the White House didn't approve of it or something like that. Ah, uh, yeah. Oracle bid TikTok. Well, dude, we, the reason you and I got on this conversation in the first place was because of the whole, like, the cuties thing and the whole TikTok thing yeah. and all that stuff kind of, so we didn't actually dive into that. Maybe we another didn't. conversation, but maybe another one, but I'm, I'm perfectly fine with TikTok going away. I'm a hundred percent okay with it. I have no issues with it. I'm not on it. I think it's kind of a gross breeding ground and marketplace of 
over sexualization of pretty much all human beings that are on there doing that kind of stuff. And I see no benefit to it at all. So I, I think, um, I don't think it's inherently, I mean, I agree with you hundred percent. I don't think it's inherently TikTok's. Like, I don't think TikTok is necessarily encouraging that, but I think that that's the result of the platform that they've built. Right. That's how they grew, man. Right. That's, that's how which they, is, how they, which how is, they made it so big. it's crazy because so I remember TikTok when it was called um, Musically. Musically. And we got on there and I remember the, this was probably two or three years ago, the biggest star on Musically in the world was, I think she was 13 and she had 20 mil or 18 million followers at 13 years old. I was like, there's a no world where this is a good idea. Nope. Right? And still the top TikTok people are still underage, like underage. actual age. And, and the, the challenges and the things that make it go viral, like that just, it feeds into the, I mean, like there's like practically soft porn on Instagram. TikTok just took it to the next level. Like, you know what I mean? There's and like it's, straight up porn everywhere. Yeah, it really is. It's really it's not nasty. Just TikTok. It's right. Reddit, dude. It's on IG. It's, it's Twitter. It's, it's everywhere. It's yeah. just disgusting. It's a cultural issue, not just a platform issue. Which, okay. Do you have a hard cut off in five minutes? Um, I, I, I do, but I, but man, we could have a whole other conversation. Okay. All right. I just, I want to, I just want to say this. We'll end with this then. I want to say, I, I appreciate, I appreciate the perspective that you brought in that post about cuties. For those of you that don't know, you can give a 30 second synopsis of your post. Yeah. I mean, essentially it's that people are all canceling Netflix as like, this is some response to like over, over sexualization of like young girls and whatnot. And yes, cuties is gross. And yes, that wasn't the filmmaker's intent and all these like subcategories of, of conversation. But all I'm saying is like the over-sexualization of girls is not a new thing. It's hyper prevalent in our culture. Uh, kids disappear every day and are literally kidnapped and put into, into sex trafficking every day. It's happening worldwide. And cuties is just an, a, a slightly over the line acceptance of like what our culture is asking for. Right. I mean, that's, and, and yeah. the point you made in the post, which I appreciate is you're like, Hey, listen, like it starts by with your daughter's phone, right? It starts with or your son's phone Any, or your yeah, son. Right. It, it starts with the phone. It starts with the, the household. It starts with the parents and their children. And I appreciate that where I was very quick to comment on was please. I just wanted clarification that you were in no way supporting the, the film, which you weren't. And, and I, and I appreciate that. I think it's one of those things where, if you're canceling Netflix because you're trying to virtue signal to somebody else that you are taking this very seriously, guess what? You you have a problem, right? That's not, yeah, it's not going to do anything. Cancel your IG, cancel right. your Facebook, cancel Reddit, but cause it's all and, over. And even further than that though, I didn't, I didn't can, I mean, and I did cancel Netflix. It's, I don't have it anymore, but I didn't cancel that because somebody else told me to, or because it was a trend. I did it because it was in alignment with what I actually believed. And I don't care if I was the only one I don't care if everybody goes and resubscribes and is like, oh, that's all dumb. I canceled it because it's what I stand for. And I think that the problem with society today on both the left and the right, especially with you know, things like this, is that we do it because everybody else is doing it or because some virtual signal when it's in reality, popular. right? Yeah. we have to take responsibility in our own life. And I think that's what you were trying to say as well. And I, I appreciate that perspective. We'll have to have another conversation because I really did enjoy this interview, dude. It was really yeah, fun. Dude, you're, a, you're a killer interviewer. And I appreciate it. I, I haven't had a two hour long conversation with an intelligent person through zoom like this ever. I think this is the longest, most fun I've had on a conversation in forever. So this was, I great. love it guys. Yeah.
we're going to wrap it up with that. Jordan, where can people find more about you if they want to go check you out and your <sighs> my my devil of a competitor. <laughs> you're just organization that you're building. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> where can people find out more about you? Yeah, so we'd love to friend people on on Facebook. Uh, if you want, also, if people want to make data-driven and non-emotive-based decisions, you can always go to dropfunnels.com. <laughs> dropfunnels.com, everybody. <laughs> and if you want to become a delusional, diehard ClickFunnels fan, you know where to go for that. Jordan, yeah, thank you so much, sure. man. We'll see you soon. Thanks so much for coming on. Guys, Thanks, as Josh, always, hustle, hustle. God bless. Don't be afraid to think different because those of us that think different are going to be the ones that change the world. I love you all, and I'll see you on the next episode. Take it easy, fam. Peace.